This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. ¿Qué tal amigos? Les habla el cero miedo de la lucha libre, Pentagon Junior, para mandar un saludo a todos mis amigos de este podcast y ya saben, puro cero miedo. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. But if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode 100. And 60. My name is Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and I've had Johnny Gargano's entrance music stuck in my head for seven days straight, and I want to die. How are you this week, Nick? <laughs> Welcome back from Iceland. Iceland? Yes. Uh, Iceland? I had quite the adventure today. Today, not only am I doing a two-hour-plus podcast, but I spent about 18 hours traveling back from the dark, the north. <laughs> <laughs> Literally where they filmed the Great War, the, the Frozen North in Game of Thrones, oh I was God. there. Uh, no, it was a blast. Iceland, Iceland's the beautiful country. First time there, uh, absolutely. But I will say, uh, much like planes, trains, and automobiles, I won up to them today because I took just about every single form of conveyance that you could imagine, short of a Razor scooter. Uh, I was in a lift, a train, a bus, a van, a, a, a train, a plane, just... just it takes forever to get back and forth from Europe, unfortunately. So, As long as your hand didn't end up between two pillows, you're probably doing all right. No, it's a planes, no, no, trains, no. and automobiles yeah, yeah. reference. Uh, see, I, uh, it took me a second. I'm tired. It took I'm you sorry. a second, buddy. That's okay. But welcome back. But we're not here to talk about movies or no. your trip to Iceland, as, as fascinating as it is. Uh, we are actually here to talk about pro wrestling. And my God, Nick, it's, um, it's, the, it's the calm before the Tony Storm. Excuse me. It's calm before the storm uh, this week. We are, this is our last Thursday show today oh, i hope last you time. guys are strapped wow. in because the chaos is about to get started and about it, to it, begin yes strapped in and strapped on because next week we go to two shows a week we're going to be now live on tuesdays and saturdays uh do we even have a time for like tuesdays was it three pacific no six we're going to do eight, normal time 8 p.m five pacific 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. On Tuesday. On Tuesday. And then Saturday was the 1 p.m. I don't even know what we're doing anymore. Chaos. Yeah, it's we'll, chaos. We'll announce it all over the course of the next week. We'll make sure you guys have events that you can subscribe to. But, yeah, the next week, not only our show, the entire world of wrestling is kind of getting turned on its head with new shows yeah. on new channels and new networks. And, oh, my uh, God. 
Wait, it, so this, this week was nuts, and and it's going to just get crazier from from here, Nick. But before we talk about all of that, because we do have a huge show today, yes. let's do some housekeeping, and then we'll get into all of the madness. Yes, well, guys, the best place to be. We are taking the mantra of all live, all the time, as much as we possibly can. So your number one destination should be right here uh, on YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open. Make sure you're subscribed, and make sure you've got that notification bell turned on so that anytime I schedule new events for new streams uh, and they not always just going to be our regular shows we're going to do bonus episodes and you listener q a and all kinds of good stuff as we go through this transition so make sure you're subscribed and have your notifications set up as we go through this transition until you get used to this sort of stuff but busted wide open doc sorry youtube.com slash busted wide open or you can come join us in the Busted Wide Open discussion group on Facebook. It's kind of the hub of our operation. Uh, in addition to our new Discord server that we're trying out uh, for uh, live chats during all of the weekly shows and all of the pay-per-views, uh, all live, all the time over on Discord. And you can find a link to our Discord server uh, here in the show notes of this on YouTube. We make sure we put it over on the Orbital Jigsaw listing, and there's pen posts on Twitter and the Facebook discussion group. Speaking of which, you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. And last but certainly not least, thank you very much to all of our patrons. If you guys want to get in on some, some exclusive content, uh, uh, features and bonuses and all kinds of good stuff, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. <sighs> Plus the ability to ask listener questions. Actually, we're going to be doing a lot more listener question activity, yes. and that's all through through Patreon. So, yes. um, again, it, it really helps us immensely when you guys support this show. We want to do a whole lot more content, and we can only do that by by through your patronage. So, thank you to everyone who is currently a patron, and if you're not already, help us out. Help us keep growing uh, because we have we have lots of big plans for the show. We're yes. we're, we're feeling. Uh, very ambitious about everything. So the more you help, the more we can do. And I mean, we can even start getting like one-off content, like what culture, all kinds of things that we have planned. It's, yes. But uh, again, just through your help. But so thank you everyone who is currently helping. And if you're not already, sign up. You got some cool stuff on there already and there'll be more cool stuff on the way. Yes. Well, we got tons of wrestling content to talk about, but uh, we have to start off going over what the calendar is going to look like for the next foreseeable future because it's crazy. It is crazy. Everything's changing. It is crazy, Nick, but in order to talk about that, let's head over to our segment we like to call The Big News. Well, the first thing we want to talk about is the new season. We're getting a brand new season premiere as it's being advertised. Uh, yeah, right. Exactly. Of <laughs> Monday Night Raw kicking off on USA on Monday, September 30th. This coming Monday yeah. will start the new season. And frankly, it's going to kick off a week of actual, just actual chaos. I know I keep saying that, but it's literal chaos. And we're just, it's everything's actually changing. Probably one of the biggest sea changes on the major professional wrestling landscape that I can remember in recent times. Me too. Um, Where you've got shows moving to major networks, you have new shows, massive shows, debuting existing shows uh, that previously were were exclusive to a network, for example, showing up on on major networks, uh, major network TV. It's kind of crazy. It's actually crazy what's happening right now in wrestling, and it's very, very exciting. Uh, this week, as you said, we have Raw doing their quote-unquote season premiere with a bunch of big matches on September 30th on Monday on USA. AEW, we're finally going to see what they've had up their sleeve 
Uh, they are premiering on TNT on Wednesday, the 2nd of October. Uh, if you are not in the U.S., if you are in, for instance, Canada or the U.K., it will not be shown live. It will be shown on a replay depending on where you are. But you can get it on Fight TV. This is a, a subscription model right there. You can get it a la carte at, for $2.99 a show or for $4.99 a month and you get like backstage content and stuff like that. Uh, if you are if, if you are in the UK, you can see the replay on ITV4 on Sundays at 8.20 a.m. And then a highlight show, that's like an hour, will be airing on ITV on Monday at 11.45 p.m. So they're giving you some options. AEW, I'm sure, is going to have an uphill battle as far as visibility for a while. It's just going to be a matter of... They, they're going to have their own gremlins, Nick. Much like us you know, getting live on this show across the country the way that we are, it, it takes some gremlins. Uh, you got to work out those gremlins. They're going to have the same thing. But AEW is coming Wednesday. And the first really major uh, competition for WWE since mid-2000s TNA. Yeah, almost. So be, well, I, I wouldn't even put that up there. I would go about all the way back to late WCW. W, WCW. WW, early. WCW. Early WCW. 1999, WCW wasn't competing with anybody. No. Well, <laughs> all right. Um, but AEW will be competing with NXT which up until now has been only an hour live on USA because of the last couple of episodes of Suits. It will be going to its full two-hour live time uh, time frame starting on Wednesday as well, to, uh, the 2nd of October, and it will be going head-to-head -head with AEW. Considering the, the product they've been putting out, that's a, that's a major, major competition for AEW right there. Yeah. Um, uh, NXT UK is being moved as well. If you thought if you thought you're going to have a free day during the week, you were wrong because NXT UK is going to be on Thursdays now on what? the WWE Network. Oh, yeah, damn it. starting on the third. Good <laughs> God, man! And of course, obviously, SmackDown Live, the big news, SmackDown Live going to Fox starting next Friday, a week from tomorrow. It will be the first time SmackDown will be airing on Fox, uh, which is a very big deal, and they've got some major matches planned for that. Finally, uh, you may be wondering about Tuesdays. Well, what about Tuesdays, guys? Can I have Tuesdays free? No, you can't because by the end of October on Access TV, Impact will be showing on Tuesdays. They're going to have a preview show on the 22nd, and they go uh, the premiere is going to be the 29th, and it's going to be a two-hour show on Tuesdays. So every day of the, of the weekday, there will be some wrestling. Wow. So, huh. <sighs> Just, Nick, what's going on? Did everybody be, get all that? Did you all get your notepads out and make notes of all that? Everybody's got it, got it in their calendars. Okay, good. So <laughs> let, sit down on a, on a night. You'll have some wrestling to watch. It's so, crazy. That, there's so much content out there now. So now that we've established that, I wanted to quickly go over like what our intentions are. So on the Tuesday show earlier in the week, what we're going to be doing is talking about Monday Night Raw and what we would typically classify as the wide world of wrestling. Anything that's happened beyond the WWE, uh, New Japan, Ring of Honor, Impact, things like that. Uh, on Saturdays, that's going to be the bigger show, in my opinion, because it's going to yeah. have NXT, AEW, SmackDown from Fridays on Fox, and we're going to be doing a bonus. We're going to be moving listener questions to an exclusive stream inside of the Busted Wide Open discussion group so that we can dedicate more time to them and give more a little bit longer answers. So those will end up not being in the main episode shows, but they will be over in Facebook Live, and we'll even break those out into a separate MP3 episode for you guys to uh, listen to on your podcast apps if you like that as well. So <sighs> I'm signing myself up for quite a bit of stuff over here. We're going we're gonna to be busy, Nick. We're yeah. going to be busy boys. Uh, but that's fantastic. I love it, and I love the fact that there's 
we're, we're going through this, I don't know, a renaissance or a new golden age. I don't even know what to, what to, what hyperbole to, to anoint this with, but this, this new era of wrestling right now is, is very exciting, especially if you're a fan. Yeah. Um, that's not all. There's also been, uh, a, a, because they're doing all these new formats, we're shaking up everything. We're getting the draft in WWE where they're going to be drafting people to brand-specific uh, shows on the second week of October. Along with that, they've announced there's a new announcer teams for their shows. They're shaking up the announcement desks. Uh, on Raw, gone are Michael Cole. Gone is uh, Corey Graves. Gone is Renee Young. They are wiping the slate. With Raw, Raw's getting Vic Joseph currently on 205 Live. Dio Madden, uh, the great black otaku, is coming to Raw from out of nowhere. He's been doing some work on it in NXT. He's actually very entertaining. You've seen him uh, a little bit on 205 Live. But he's coming over to the desk on Monday Night Raw, going to be in kind of the uh, the color position. But then the master of color is coming as well. Jerry Lawler is going to be stepping in as the third guy on Monday Night Raw. That's actually – they've confirmed that is just temporary. He's going to be doing it just for a little bit. Okay. Until they can find who else is going to be there. They'll probably have some guest stars come in. There's already speculation about who that third person might be. It could be Beth Phoenix. It could be um, uh, a, a few to Mickey James has actually been trying out. So there's there's a couple of names being thrown around for the third person on the desk on Monday on uh, on SmackDown Live on Fridays. We know we're getting Michael Cole and Corey Graves are going to be going to the flagship uh, brand. That's the only people that have been announced so far. They said they might have Renee Young step in every once in a while. She'll be around. Uh, she might not be on the desk commentating. It might be going down to a two person desk, or they might have a trick up their sleeve on Fridays as well. So looking forward to seeing what they are going to throw at us there. As long as it's not Coach or Otunga, fine. Or yeah. JBL. Yeah. Um, NXT is staying as Mauro Ronaldo and Nigel McGuinness. And I, I suspect Beth Phoenix, they just announced that it was staying the same. So uh, that's, that is not going anywhere, which is great because don't mess with perfection. They've, they've been doing um, great the last couple of weeks going live. So fantastic. fantastic. Yep. And Beth Phoenix is actually a fantastic. I'm, I'm really enjoying her commentary too. I've come too. around. Yep. Yeah, she's she's got some really smooth transitions. I'm I'm enjoying. Um, so the real question is, what's happening to Tom Phillips and Bear, uh, Byron Saxton? We knew we know that uh, Tom Phillips has been that it's been released that he will be a quote unquote producer backstage, which in WWE could mean one of a million things. We do not know what's happening with Tom Phillips. If we'll go back to some uh, of, of him interviewing people backstage and acting like he's really short when he's not. <laughs> Um, not sure what's happening with Saxton. I've actually Saxton has completely grown on me. I'm going to kind of miss him, and I'm going to miss him and Corey and their dynamic. But uh, he's he's gone. We don't know where he's going. Uh, we do know that Renee Young is. This is a this is actually a big news, and it's also going to contain an exclusive oh. that you will only hear on this show. We are we have breaking news that is exclusive to this show. So Booker T and Renee, this is this isn't. I'll tell you when we get to the exclusive. Booker T and Renee Young are going to be ho- hosting a uh, what's called backstage. It's going to be on FS1 starting on uh, November fifth on Tuesdays. Kathy Kelly is also Queen Kathy is also going to be involved. Uh, that's going to be filmed right here in LA on the Fox lot. Apparently they've got a whole stage set up and everything. Damn. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be live yet or not, but. They have announced that they've been uh, interviewing a lot of WWE legends and past wrestlers to possibly come in as guest hosts. Um, here's the exclusive. Thanks to people that I personally know, that Nick and you know as well, that work on the Fox lot here in LA, I can confirm that one person that tried out for the show, that came in to film on the show or do something for the show, 
was CM Punk. 100% confirmed. That is, that is a fact, and you will only hear it right here because that's one of our sources that told us that, oh. and it, it was confirmed. So uh, we're not saying. We're just saying that's – it may come to nothing. He may have auditioned and it, didn't, it fell through, but he was in L.A. He was on the Fox lot, and he was doing something for this show. So take that how you will. Uh, and finally, I don't know how to move on from that, but finally in the big news this week, we have a major, major talent coming back to WWE. This could have gone in our other news section at the end of the show, but that is so packed this week, Nick. I had to move this to the top of the show because it is kind of a, it could be a big deal or it could be a big disappointment. We'll see. But John Morrison, AKA Johnny Mundo, AKA Johnny Impact, AKA Johnny, Johnny, everything, uh, everything. (laughs) Uh, he's coming back. He's not going to be Johnny Elite after all. He's going to be uh, Johnny WWE. Johnny WWE. I don't Johnny even know Raw. what he's going to be called. Johnny <laughs> Roth. <laughs> You'd probably go back to the John Morrison gimmick. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's coming back to WWE. Uh, if you've watched any of his stuff over the last, mm, how long has he been out of WWE? He left in uh, 2011, I think. 2012. 2011. Yeah. Uh, somewhere around there. And in in the intervening years, he has done some absolutely lights out work uh just some superlative work some of some of my favorite stuff he's done was in uh lucha underground of course where he was johnny mundo which was his his bell-to-bell match with ricochet what did they did the whole show just like an hour-long match 45 minute match and it was unbelievable hopefully they will have something for him to do and they will treat him with a little bit more respect this time otherwise we're just going to see him jobbing out on main event i just don't want to see that hopefully he's coming back he's got some assurances Coming back to WWE. Is it realistic so, to assume that Taya's going to drop her belt here recently and be not far behind him? Taya Valkyrie? <sighs> Mrs. I don't Johnny know. Morrison? She, she would fit in really well in the women's division, yeah, I think. I uh, obviously a great look and a, and a, and a good, solid worker. Uh, but she's also a huge fixture in impact. But then again, so was, so was John Morrison. So, was Morrison. so I, it's, it's, it's really hard to speculate at this point. Uh, who's going where? Obviously, it's not out of the realm of possibility that you'll have two people who are major fixtures of two completely different companies. Um, you know, obviously, there's lots of crossover now between <laughs> husbands and their wives, and vice versa. What with uh, you know Moxley doing his stuff in AEW in Japan, and Renee still on WWE TV, and uh, you've got uh, Peyton Royce and Sean Sean Spears on completely different programming. So I, it's possible. It's Adam possible. Cole Nick. And Britt Baker. Adam, yeah, there you go. So, uh, it's totally possible. Yeah, but um, I would, I would certainly not be mad at seeing Taya in WWE. No, and I'll, I'll but, say this too: I'm, I'm very happy for all of the people that were tied up with Lucha Underground for so long, uh, and the few folks that we've seen on the the Indies and Lucha and all of that stuff over the past three to five years. I, you know, I thought about this when we were watching a certain match that happened on NXT this week. Uh, just Cuerno, Ivelisse. Uh, Johnny, Taya, everybody is actually in two of the... Most of them have made it into WWE or AEW at this point. Phoenix and Pentagon, for God's sake. So, I I mean, just... I'm so happy that those guys have gotten out from under all of that stuff and have been able to move on into bigger and better things. But I'm I'm really excited to see what they're going to do next. Yeah, credit where credit's due, man. You know, Lucha Underground is having kind of an ignominious finish. But... uh, 
you know, the first couple of seasons of that show were absolutely amazing and introduced the world to a ton of amazing stars. And most of their roster now are enormous store, uh, stars in other promotions right now. Yeah. So, you know, all the way down to NWA, where Willie Mack was the was the uh, national champ. That's right. For a while there, so I mean, it's every everybody on that show is is getting something. So, uh, yeah, no, but it's very exciting. I'm excited to have John Morrison back in WWE. I hope they use him right because the guy is an incredible talent. Right. And has improved a lot since the last time he was there. But uh, but Nick, we've got a ton of stuff, other stuff to talk about besides that. There's it's a ton of excitement in the air. Uh, as I said, the other news segment alone is massive this week. We've got New Japan to discuss. We've got uh, NXT was a huge two-hour show again this week. Um, our our listener questions, you tell me, are, are huge, and, and it's a very full segment. I can't wait to get to that. But before we talk about any of that, we need to discuss Monday Night Raw. Well, this week's show opened up again with Seth Rollins mm. coming out and going, Oh, my God, the fiend, he scared me. I was so scared. He had me pinned well, yeah. in the corner, and I will prevail, and I will survive, and I'll survive, and I'll prevail. And Is that on a shirt yet on this website, by the way? Uh, yes, he's going to survive and prevail the way that he has against Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman. That's what he's going to do in Hell in a Cell is survive and prevail. I like that aspect of it. Uh, it was a little awkward, the, the verbiage that he used to describe his reaction to The Fiend. Uh, he was very eloquent about it and very, honestly, it felt like a, a scripted phrase. But uh, at the same time, you know, when, when you think about it, Nick, if you're going to get a character like The Fiend over, you do have to impress upon the audience that when you're in the ring with him, you're scared of him. Yeah. You know, it's the same way that whenever Bray would do his spider walk, like people, even John Cena would like fall on his ass in fear of this thing. Like you've got to sell it. And even if it's through kind of an awkward turn of phrase like Seth did here or his reaction to Bray's physical appearance like he had last week at the end of the show and this week at the end of the show, uh, it's, that's what you have to do to put this character over. And they're doing, you know, as much as we said when they first introduced this concept of the Firefly Funhouse and the Fiend and everything, we said this is all in the delivery. This is all in if you let him win, if you let him look dominant, and you have people treat him with the level of fear and respect that you, that you need to have them treat it with. You know, it's yeah. the way people react to the demon where they're like, oh, God, it's Finn Balor's alter ego. I'm actually intimidated by this like you've got to sell that and luckily they've got everyone on the roster on the same page we had braun Strowman take offense to seth saying that uh uh he, you know he had to he got through braun and he never wanted to face him again and braun came out and got in seth's face and said you know you're a little pansy and seth said well i'll fight you tonight and braun said okay and so we had a seth versus braun rematch which initially i was i was a little bit like really, we're doing this already. We just had a pay per view where this was the main event, and we've got a re like, and Seth barely survived. How are you going to have a finish on this one? Right. And you know, I, my thought was the only way you're going to have a finish is if Bray intervenes. That's exactly what happened. Bray, of course, at the end, like looks like Braun's going to win. Bray shows up. Next thing you know, he's mandible clawing a guy that took four stomps and a pedigree to put down on Sunday, two Sundays ago. He mandible claws him into oblivion. And then just threaten Seth in the corner to end the show. So here we are. They have done exactly what we said they needed to do with The Fiend, which is make him the most powerful, terrifying figure in WWE. Yeah, but they're not keeping it in their pants, though. Do you, so 
no, they're not keeping him killing the mid card. They're saying if he's going to be this powerful, there's no reason why he wouldn't go after the top guys. But here's my question to you, Nick. Okay. Is it telling, even though he has a title match with Seth Rollins at Hell in a Cell, is it telling that he's never said anything about taking the title for himself? He's only like made reference on the Firefly Funhouse segment this week. He made reference of how uh, wanting possessions, like you know, the, the pig and the rabbit were fighting over uh, Seth Rollins' toy. Right. And he said, you know, you, you, if, if having things makes you feel like it, it makes you weak. It makes you uh, feel feelings like loneliness and depression and et cetera. So here, I'm going to break the toy in half, and now you guys don't have to share. Is that? Is that leading us somewhere as far as the idea of a possession, that being the universal title? That's interesting. I didn't think about it that way. I, I read it at face value, and it was just the fiend snapping Seth Rollins in half. You know, Definitely. I, but, that's, but if you look at everything Bray does, it has subtext. You yeah. know, when he says, like, oh, I've got so many friends, but they're all that, that translates to victims. He speaks in doublespeak a lot of the time. Right. So I, I'm, I don't think that it's. Um, I, there's so much consideration put into every aspect of the character, even the fiend mask, where it's not black paint around his eyes and mouth. It's burned away. It's meant to look like it's been burned. And I wonder if that's a reference to the fact that his shack was burned by Randy Orton. I, you know, there's, there's all of these layers and you can look at them and say, this guy was out for six months thinking really hard. And Bray is a smart dude. He was thinking really hard about every aspect of this character. And one of the reasons why I think people are really engaged with this character is because when you spend that much time and effort putting in details that people won't even necessarily know are there, but that you know are there, it, you feel that weight of depth. Um, some of my favorite albums of all time, for example, are concept albums. Uh, Nine Inch Nails, The Fragile, Pink Floyd's The Wall. They're albums where you can tell that the artists put in so much time and effort into thinking about the world they're creating on the album, and you feel that in every song. Even if you don't know what the overall picture is, you can sense it being there. Yeah. And that's kind of where The Fiend is, where when he's, every time he speaks or has something to say, I look at that. And Bray's been doing this for years, by the way, in his, in his uh, promos. It's just before it kind of got a little muddled with with his character at a certain point, and you know it just it got to be a little bit too too much. But now I feel like it's much more clean. Yeah, it's much more of a, of a clean uh, you know process coming from his head into our screens, if you will. So it makes me wonder if there's an intention behind like everything he does. I wonder if there's an intention behind it. If that I, makes sense. I, I think this has been well planned out. Uh, exactly. I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt. Uh, we did see some kind of, I don't know whether it was fake or if it was fan-made or what it was, there was some kind of video preview of the Fiend version of the Universal title that we got to yeah, see in some cool. video. That looked pretty cool. I don't, I don't know what the source of that was, whether it was legit or not, but I, I mean, it's inevitable that they're going to put that on the, him, in my opinion. You uh, think it, so? It's, it's not if, it's when. And I, mm. what, I, what I've always said is, like, keep it in your pants. Make it a big deal when you do put it on him. If he wants to beat up Seth and have matches, fine. But we always said the conundrum was he has to look strong. He has to win. So the, my, the fallacy here for me is, like, you're throwing him into title contentions where you have to potentially bury other superstars in order to put Bray's fiend over. That's that's the and I don't know what side I fall on yet, and I'm not ready to make yeah. that decision. And I I think that's kind of the fallacy right there. It's happened too fast, so I don't. And know. and we've we've speculated that you know it's possible to have the fiend 
win and get the title this soon and have it work out and have it be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I and and actually I want to address something that just happened in the chat here. Jay Dillon just asked, "Will we be upset if Rollins?" beats the fiend and you know what if he beats the fiend clean at this point yeah what a waste that will be a a, a horrible booking decision if seth beats bray there's got to be some sort of muddled finish here there's got to be if if they're not going to put the title on bray here he can't lose clean at this point he just put down Strowman. he's put down every legend that they've had come on the show except for stone cold like he's you can't have him eat a pin at this point or it's just you might as well just shoot him in the kneecaps if he does that um but at the same time him getting the title him not having the title is is fine again then they're keeping it in their pants a bit but him getting the title, I don't think it's the end of the world. I think that there's a lot that they can do with that. Yeah, and I don't know that the Fiend cares about getting a title. That's, that's my, my point. Yeah, that's my whole thing. Like, why all of a sudden does the Fiend care about getting a title? He you should know, just I, be care about running roughshod and beating everybody up that he comes across, including someone like Braun Strowman. In my mind, that was cool. That gave him extra power. That was absolutely. fine. But throwing him in a Hell in a Cell match with Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship months Two months after this whole thing has been going on, I, I just I'm scared. I'm scared they're gonna f it up. The only thing I can think is that there is another aspect of the character they haven't revealed yet. Something to do with his split personality. Something to do with you know the fact that he seems to occasionally have like wars in his own head um, during his last match against Finn Balor. At least he did. And I'm wondering if you know that like having a plot twist to do with the character itself. Uh, is how Seth retains, if Seth does retain. So yeah. this, luckily, this is why The Fiend is such a fascinating character to so many people, and the best thing WWE is doing right now on the main roster is because there there is just so much to it, and there's so much they can do with, uh, do with it. They're not just on rails like these two people are fighting. At some point, they will have a match. There's so much character-wise they can do with him, and that's... You know, you said you love to have your stories in wrestling. This is one where, I, like, this is why we were just saying a, a few minutes ago, Lucha Underground was so great. It wasn't even necessarily about who won and who lost, and you could have wins and losses that weren't tied to if this person was strong or a good wrestler. You could have finishes that were tied more to psychological things that were happening with the character, yeah. and you could understand if someone lost, uh, and it wouldn't damage them in terms of our perception of them. Yeah. So, I'm wondering if you're if you're right. I'm wondering if we're going to get the whole Smeagol and Gollum dynamic, where we get Bray in his red sweater coming down as you know Bray Rogers. I don't know what you want to call that. Uh, if the puppets are ever going to make it down into the ring, are we ever going to see anything aside from the Fiend come out through the curtain? There's opportunities there that don't require us to throw you into a end all be all hell in a cell match for the top title. I do know that thanks to the Adam Rose gimmick, they do have a bunny suit. So there's at some point, Ramblin' Rabbit could come out and just, you know, you could have, uh, you could have like, uh, what do you have? Like uh, Grand Metalik in a bunny costume and he could play Ramblin' Rabbit and have Matt. No? No, no Nick? You're not? No? no. Okay. No. All right. Well, let's, let's move on then and talk about another great uh, thing that happened on the show. And that was a fatal five-way match for a number one contenders. It was shot at the title next week, basically. If you win this, you get a shot at Seth Rollins next week. And this was the the five guys they chose, Nick. <laughs> Rey Mysterio, AJ Styles, Ricochet, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Bobby Roode. I, <laughs> I got to say, Bobby kind of felt... Sorry, Robert, excuse me. 
Robert Roode felt like a little bit like the odd man out here, but it made sense by the end, and he was honestly fantastic. He held up against these other four guys. I just kept watching this match, Nick, going, what? if you told me that this match was going to happen four years ago in the WWE, my head would have exploded. Yeah. It wouldn't have been possible. I, no, but it was crazy. And I, what was nuts, is, as, and, and this was a fantastic match, by the way, really exciting, lots of twists, Everyone did their work great. It wasn't like a lot of WWE stuff where it's just two guys in the ring at a time and then they trade out. There's a lot of fast-paced action. But we also had they, one, two, we had three championships in this match as well. Yeah. Yeah. And here's but here's the other crazy thing. At no point um were they like a lot of times the these guys have had individual feuds with each other, right? This was more exciting than all of those feuds. Like this was just every time that the, they were like Shinsuke and AJ, when they had when they got their little time to to be together, I was like, where where was this when you guys were feuding? Yeah, where was this? Yep, it was awesome. What a great match, um, and it was. I, I even liked the way that they they broke it down. So you had um, Ricochet get taken out first, which n- normally I would be like, what what have you done? But the way that they handled it with Nakamura kind of, you know, he had Robert Roode beaten Nakamura, uh, assassinated him from behind, uh, was great. And then AJ Styles took out Nakamura, and it seemed legitimate. Um, Bobby Roode pinned AJ Styles clean as a whistle, which was wild. And then finally you had Rey Mysterio versus Bobby Roode. And Bobby Roode, man, did he... He made Mysterio look fantastic. Mysterio made himself look fantastic, but Bobby also really put in some great work here um, and ended up eating a 619 and a, and a frog splash. Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins will be on your season premiere of Raw next week. What do you think? Is, is Ray the guy who should have won this? No. Nope. Are, you, are you satisfied with that? No. Who do you think should have won? I don't know if this is going to be controversial or not. I think Bobby... <laughs> knowing I, you, knowing you. I mean, I, I think... The next one up for the number one contendership for the universal title, Rey Mysterio? Really? Yeah, it's going to be... I'll explain why it makes complete sense, Nick, but I, go ahead. I think it should have been Ricochet. Okay. And that's not just me being a fanboy, because obviously I am. But right. at the same time, Rude's got the tag championship, Shinsuke's got Intercontinental, AJ's got US. So for me, it was Ray or Ricochet. I would much rather see Ricochet versus Seth Rollins. Can That match... Like that match alone, right there, just me going. I'm salivating just thinking about the potential okay. of that match. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say the the reason why I didn't want Ricochet to to do this next week is Seth is currently in a feud with Bray Wyatt, and Bray Wyatt has been taking out people that get into the ring with Seth Rollins. Doesn't it make sense to have a resurgent Rey Mysterio? Who is currently doing all of these? Like I'm doing yeah. this uh, match for my and son Dominic. And he's a Dominic. legend too. And, and oh, he's a yeah. legend. Yeah, he makes, makes a lot of perfect sense. sense. He makes yeah, perfect does. sense. You're the man who preaches keep it in your pants. WWE, keep Ricochet and Seth in your pants. That's a that's a that's one that's going to be a match that for, keep it in your pants. Keep it for further down the down the line. Here's the question though, for all of the patrons out there, does does Dominic come out as Sinkara? and save his dad from the fiend once the fiend locks him into the mandible claw. Never mind. We'll move on. No. No, he doesn't. Let's, <laughs> <laughs> let's move on. We had a King of the Ring rematch. 
Chad Gable versus Baron Corbin again. Why? And when I heard, well, that's a, that's what I thought. I thought when I first heard this, I don't know why. We didn't we just see this? Uh, Corbin just giving Gable a, a, a rematch just to make fun of him. They put out another banger match. It was another great match between these two guys. It was fantastic. And the finish, the finish saw Baron Corbin getting DQ'd because he couldn't beat Chad Gable again, so he got DQ'd. This was just to, to put more heat on Corbin and get more sympathy for Gable. It was totally effective. It made Gable look great. It made, and frankly, I thought it, it even helped Corbin because it just puts that much more heat on him. And people who are, are already displeased about him winning King of the Ring, this is what it was all about. He comes out in, not in like the goofy, you know, bought at Oz looking uh, red and white cape that Gable ripped up last week and not the crappy little plastic crown that he stomped on. King, King Corbin, as he will now be known for a while, came out in a black cape with, it looked like like wolf fur. Like it looked, he looked like he came out of Game of Thrones. Uh, black crown. That and black a, crown was dope. It was great. The yeah. scepter, not so much. It was like a spray painted black scepter, right. but whatever. It was fine. Um, it was it was a great look. Uh, they they've edited his music, so now they. Sadly, it wasn't really good edit. Like they kind of have inserted some horns and singing into his existing theme. They got to do a little bit more work, and it. it just feels like they just kind of cut and paste it into Logic. You know, they, they, <laughs> yeah. they didn't they didn't really transition it well and it's just it still feels like they're doing the like when it when they have a new tag team and they just kind of like fade back and forth between the two theme songs really quickly right still sounds a little bit like that but i like the intention and it worked to a certain degree but nick what did you think about our first like because he's going to do this, this is going to be his new gimmick it was constable corbin now it's going to be king corbin for a while what did you think of our first look at king corbin loved it i i instantly loved the unique look of the the cape, whatever you want to call it, uh, you know his his not cowl, but uh, whatever you call the shoulder, his spalders, I guess if you will, um, the the wolf stuff because he is the wolf, the lone wolf. I think that fit very well. Uh, the black crown is the thing that I geeked out about the most. I absolutely loved the black crown, uh, but I think yeah, he's gonna play this part really well. Does it turn into Constable Corbin two point where he just kind of gets his way and weasels his way around things, I maybe. But I just don't know what else they're going to do with it beyond this kind of stuff. Well, frankly, I think he's just going to be that mid-card heel that gets over the mid-card faces. Like he's, you know, anyone's going to get cheered against him at this point. Um, and he's really honed that just smarmy heel thing to a laser point. Yeah. At, at, you know, and it's. You could see it in this match where people just, you can't help but want to boo this man at this point. And honestly, like, I, I will say it. I love the fact that he is one of the few true modern heels that gets it and is not out there trying to get have anyone like him. And he's going to be just as horrible as possible yeah. in order to make us hate him. I don't think it's going to go the way of Constable Corbin because I don't think that he's going to become the scapegoat for every problem that WWE has the way that he was back in December of last year, no, I didn't where they mean, basically said I didn't mean everything that's all of our. Then it what was, did it, you mean? It was more about: uh, Is he going to get his way? Is he going to get uh, get special treatment, or is he going to get to call matches, or any of that kind of stuff? Like normally, what well, the last time we had? When was the last King of the Ring we had? Was it Booker T? God, it was, uh, Wade Barrett. 
No, it was Wade Barrett. Wade yeah. Barrett. Um, so uh, what did he do other than have bad news all the time? Uh, what's Baron Corbin going to do? Uh, Besides when, come out and gloat that he's the he's the king and you're all his subjects and you're yeah. all peasants. By the way, I beat Kurt Angle, retired him. By the way, did all these things. Like He's sure. got a bunch of things. He's got a bunch of weapons in his arsenal now to get that heat. And I think that he's it's going to stay on a roll for him. Yeah. So, but I I I think it's fantastic. Um, the only thing that's great, I'm still stuck on the fact that Vince McMahon is like, oh yeah, he'll get over because he's really handsome. Wow. I still can't get over that. I still can't get over that. A um, few other things that happened on Raw. Sasha Banks had a long match against Nikki Cross. I don't know why we're continuing to have on Raw uh, Sasha Banks versus. Varying iterations of the women's tag team champs. We're getting her versus Alexa Bliss next week. Uh, all right. And there, there really wasn't much to the story of this match other than uh, they gave them a lot of time to work with. It's what you do and, between pay-per-views. They have singles and, matches and, you know, look for Bailey to have a match with Alexa Bliss at some point. You know, I, maybe, maybe this ends up with something at Hell in a Cell. I do uh, know I think that they... Will, well, they've announced something for the next Friday smackdown show with Char- it's a, yeah charlotte and becky versus sasha and bailey and right. i'm going are they going to give them the women's tag championships by the time between now and next friday no i think it's just they want to have some some high level women for for sasha to to face and they but they have other women around i guess it's just that they don't feel it will make look, sasha look as strong if they have her face someone who just like like a Naomi that hasn't been on TV or sure. Natalia that nobody cares about. Um, this is someone people care about. People care about Nikki Cross at this point. It's just unfortunate that she's also their women's tag team champion. And that seems to be the way of their tag divisions. <laughs> they're they're there to prop up the headliners. Yeah. And that was the case here. Nikki Cross tapped out eventually. Bailey did act like a heel, got up in the ring and distracted the ref, uh, distracted Nikki. So, uh, but yeah, that's really all there was to this. It was a, it was a fine match. It was well worked. I mean, Nikki is a, a massively underrated wrestler. Uh, so it was nice to see her get in there and get to actually do some work against Sasha. And Sasha, by the way, is looking really clean. Like her wrestling was looking, mm, very good stuff. Yep. Um, and, and other news, other women's news, Carmella finally we speculated what months ago we speculated this when nick it, for when it first was unveiled and our truth was oh, yeah. the first one to get it it's only a matter of time before carmella turns on him and she's the first women's champ that didn't happen because kelly kelly got it uh it was raw 25 i think is what it was uh but the yeah it's finally carmella finally turns on our truth and is your current and new 24 7 champion mm. finally goes to the women's division um, and immediately, uh, as soon as she got it, and they ra- and our truth raised her hand and like pointed at her. I was like, like "All right, you got me." Yeah. And then down the ramp comes the entire women's locker room uh, yeah. to now chase for the since the woman had. I think that's fantastic. I did not see that coming. I didn't expect it. I loved the kind of sort of role reversal that happened there. So you put it on yeah. a woman. Now the women chase. Love that. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Gives that locker room something to do as well. Well, and I also like the fact that they, like, R-Truth is like, all right, we're, st- we're still cool, fine, you got me, all right, I'll still be your buddy and we'll still do this whole chase thing. Which is funny because Carmelo was saying, I'm so sick of doing all this chasing around right. stuff. But she immediately hops upon like, his shoulders yeah, and they you- run out of the arena, right? <laughs> right. So, okay, we're still going to do it. All right. WWE logic, hashtag WWE logic. But whatever, it's fine. I agree with you. This is fun. Let's, it's to change up. It's something new. The only, th- and honestly, like, I already have my speculation about where they're going with this. 
then it has to, and Drake Maverick's going to get back into the picture because now Renee Michelle is chasing after Carmella. So if Renee wins this belt, all of a sudden Drake might finally consummate his marriage. Oh. Yeah, oh, little buddy. Um, that being said, the one thing that, that makes me nuts, one of the women that's chasing the belt right now, Asuka. And that makes me insane, Nick. It makes me insane that she's been reduced to chasing, like one of the people chasing after a hardcore 24-7 championship. You know what? I, you guys know how I feel about what happened prior to WrestleMania with Asuka. Mm. So I, I want to say something here that might be viewed as a little bit controversial. That girl's doing her. And she's got a gaming channel on YouTube now. She's having a blast. She's hanging out with one of her best friends, Kyrie Sane, in the uh, <clears throat> Kabuki Warriors. But... She's it, she looks like she's relaxed, having fun, and just taking a break. She put on a two-plus-year reign undefeated in NXT. So for the last year, yeah, ha- have we been mad? Because Oscar, rubble, 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 we want Oscar. She's better than that because we're smarky about it. But she's just having fun right now. That's the impression that I get. So, yeah, if she wants to run around and chase the 24-7 championship while she plays video games on her YouTube channel, fantastic. Let her have it. I don't think Oscar. Yeah. It's fine. She'll be back. We're not going to get anyone else near those women's championships right now while we're do, we're building towards this whatever the hell they're going to do with the four horsewomen of NXT. That's, yeah. that's going to be a thing probably through the rest of the year. And so. I agree. And if it's something where that is their goal is to have a four horsewoman fatal four-way at next year's WrestleMania and that have, have that be the headliner, if that is there, because Vince always says I, I, he plans for WrestleMania. Yeah. You know, he starts the year, okay, this is what I want at next year's WrestleMania. If that's the case and they're just shelving Asuka until after that, fine. Yep. As long as that's the mentality is, okay, Asuka will build Asuka up. Because you can. You can shelf her for nine months and then have her come back in nine months and it's like, oh, yeah, remember? Oscar's a badass, and we'll all buy in. She's not one that I think people are going to forget is a badass or not, you know, you can build her up and then we don't care about her. That's Natalia or someone like Natalia, right, where all of a sudden she'll come out of nowhere and they build her up as being someone who can take on the champ, and you're like, what? Y- yeah, no. <laughs> what? No, no, no. You, that, that ship has sailed, guys. You dropped her out way too much. Yeah. Um, so, but Oscar, I believe, like, you can put her on the, on the sidelines and have her be a dominant tag team. And bring her back after you're done doing this four horsewoman storyline, and it'll be fine. But just for every time I see it, it's just like it's just right there in the feels. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it, damn it. Um, I want to talk of, about the next speak, thing. Oh my god, speaking, I want to talk about the next thing. <laughs> I bet you do. A uh, bunch of your favorite flavors in the ring at once. The Viking Raider War Machine, war machine. thing. Uh, Viking Raiders had a match against the OC. That feud is happening. Uh, also, AJ Styles was ringside. He was kicked out by the ref uh, and then was attacked by Cedric Alexander. That's Didn't even get up the ramp. Cedric Alexander Still, comes out nope. and starts whooping his Jumped ass. Jumped him. They're having a match next week for the U.S. title. But what do you want to say oh. about Viking Raiders and the OC? Give it Finally. to me. Finally. Now, I need your <laughs> New Japan expertise here because we did have this conversation on Monday in Discord during the show. Have... Mm-hmm. In New Japan, did War Machine ever cross paths with the Good Brothers, or had they left already? No, the Good Brothers were already gone by that point. That's what I thought. Uh, I don't think they... Yeah. So, finally, it to yes. me, this is kind of a tag team dream match. And for, because reasons of old from the New Japan eras, but seeing the Good Brothers versus War Machine is something that, A, I didn't really see coming, and B, I didn't know I wanted as bad as I do. 
Uh, my fear is that this was a one-off. But I want to see like those two teams, two legit tag teams that have right. been tag teams forever, actually having real tag team matches. And damn, it was good. Yeah, and and frankly, also, it's something they've been building for a couple of weeks. They've had Viking Raiders on the squash trail for a while, and it was just, it was getting horribly bad, like just yeah. getting redundant. Um, this is like, I'm happy we're doing this. We're having, we're having tag team competition outside of the tag team title picture. Fantastic. Yeah. Great. Th- this was frankly my favorite match of the week. <laughs> of course it was. It, it's it's the, like the one big thing that I remember happened. Oh, I don't remember geez. the details of the match itself, but I remember right. that it happened. And, and you I, loved it. And I absolutely loved the fact that we got two legit tag teams having a badass tag team match, and I was reminded how good that can be when it's mm-hmm. done properly. And that's what that was my takeaway from it, and one of my big takeaways of the week, and I just hope we get to see more of it. I really do. Well, all right. I'm going to leave it at that, man, because I yep. love seeing you happy about yeah. something. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to take it down a notch because we do have some things uh, that happened that was just kind of uh, oh, they're just there. Lacey Evans uh, had a match against Ember Moon, and she tapped out Ember Moon in one of the worst sharpshooters I've seen since The Rock. With Natalia uh, watching backstage and going, that's course. not how it's you do a sharpshooter. And she botched a, the sharpshooter and fell I, over in saying. the middle of doing it. Like, just come on! God, God damn it! <laughs> it's like one of the it's, easiest submission moves to do. It, <laughs> Come on, Lacey. Uh, oh, but it was what's what really killed me was that she did it to Ember Moon. Uh, Ember Moon, like, talk about underutilized, underappreciated, uh, underrated wrestlers on their roster. Ember Moon going out there and and doing the doing the job. To L A C E Y. All right. Well, so that's happening. Looks like Lacey and Natalia are still in a feud, and Ember is fodder for it. I just, I, good God. My heart again. My heart it hurts. Um, Rusev <laughs> E C three is also still cannon fodder. This I don't. Whose coffee did he pee in? Uh, he got jobbed out to Rusev, who basically was back being like, "I am Rusev. This is what I do." Accolade. Great. All right. Machka, done. All right. Machka. All right. I am apparently a baby daddy. <laughs> yeah, he's it. got he's got twins sitting up on his shoulders. Good God, <laughs> those traps. He, he overflexed them yeah. several times this week, and it was just like they're they're knots. They look like yeah. mesas that live in Arizona that just mount flat mountaintops. It's I am somehow convinced. they were surgically implanted. I'm convinced because I know Rusev is a big fan of Bolo Young from Bloodsport and like millions of other movies. Um, I, I'm convinced that he's like, all right, I'll never have pecs like Bolo Young, but you know what I do have? I've got my traps, and I'm going to do with my traps what Bolo Young does with his boobs. Just start and that is just make, the, just make them massive and terrifying. Every time you see me, go, God damn, that boy's got some traps. <laughs> so, uh, Rusev, getting it. Uh, also, lastly on Raw, poor <laughs> Just I, I don't even know anymore. Like, you know. Oh God, his gimmick is at this point is just like hang dog. Yeah, I know, I know, guys. Trust me, I know. Uh, finally, I really want to know what he did. What did he do wrong? It wasn't just working for TNA. A lot of the like Robert Roode worked for TNA. What's what is different about EC3? Um, AOP had another one of their segments and. Nick, I loved this. Uh, this, I, I'm not sure. I don't know this for a fact. This is completely out of the blue speculation. This felt like it had Paul Heyman's hands all over it. 
It was the two guys, same thing as last week, the two guys sitting in the chair in suits looking like big mafioso thugs. They introduced themselves, hi, I'm Rezar, hi, I'm Akum, and we are the authors of Pain, a.k.a. AOP. I like the fact that they made sure to tell you what AOP stood for. Yeah. And then they went into speaking their own respective native languages and essentially saying, no one here wants to fight us because we're too scary. You wonder why they don't want to fight us? We'll show you. And they get up out of their seats, walk out of the camera, just kind of what the follows them into the hallway and they beat up the first two superstars they find, which of course was no way Jose and Heath Slater because of course, of course, but then, and then the camera gets knocked in the process and then it just cuts to them being back in the chairs, a little mussed up. And they're like, that's why people don't want to fight us because we're bad MFers. Essentially. I loved this. I like what a great way to break the, the narrative to break the structure that we're used to, uh, for these kinds of backstage interview segments. Like, we just got off of two months of Aleister Black basically stabbing us in the ears, and, th- and this is now what they're doing instead. Okay. So, I, I, I love this. I want more of it. I actually yes. want to see them ha- have a match. I'd, I'd like to see that at some point. I would be over the moon if your prophecy is right, and they come out as Paul Heyman guys. I think that uh, would be just through the roof. As I, yeah. I, that would be one I would be if they turned out to be like, I, God, please don't, please don't hate. If they turned out to be somewhat goons of some kind or enforcers behind Brock Lesnar, I could see something like that kind of working. And I, believe me, it hasn't fully baked, but it gets them That's, time around the right people. But they're Paul Heyman guy. All of that. There's so much potential there. That, that's that, like the, that's like potentially the most dominant faction in decades in WWE. If you put Brock Lesnar with AOP and book them right, like that's just that's terrifying. <laughs> that's interesting. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think they're yeah. going to be literally Paul Heyman guys. I just think that he's now now that he's executive producer of the show. I know uh, what you mean. Executive yeah. director. You know, I think that he's just getting his hands on some of this and being like, this is how we should. It felt like some of those old ECW promos where they would they would break a little bit from what you expect. They would they would subvert your expectations. Right. So, loved it, loved it. Overall, very strong Raw this week. A couple of, of lesser segments, but overall, I thought a really strong way to go into their season premiere. That being said, I was a little disappointed with SmackDown, but Nick, in order to discuss that, we have to go talk about SmackDown Live. Oh, boy. All right, so... To set this up, Sasha Banks and Bailey had a match with Charlotte Flair and Carmella, and it was mostly just a mess. And all of this stuff was really, in my mind, just to set up what's going to go down on the premiere of SmackDown on Fox uh, right. a week from tomorrow. Ian, what did you think about uh, how this all ended up between the four, well, three of the four horsewomen and Carmella? Well, first thing I'll say is that SmackDown was killing me this week because Hulu has moved SmackDown to its live section, yeah, which means bastards. that we can't, we can't watch it. Uh, so I had to piece together my viewing of SmackDown all over the place. It was, it was interesting. Well, it turned out, uh, funny enough for me, I was in Iceland, and little do you guys know if you're in the U.S., they actually upload full episodes of Raw and SmackDown sporadically to the WWE YouTube channel, but you can't watch them if you're in the U.S. So that's how I watch SmackDown. They just put it up on the, on the YouTube channel for no reason. Well, it must be I nice, Nick. Must be nice, buddy. So yeah, you I have to go all the way to... to- 
<laughs> yeah. I have to go all the way to Iceland to watch WWE. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Nick. Okay, next week when I want to watch SmackDown, I'll just go to Iceland. I right. appreciate that. Great, yeah. great, uh, great tip there, buddy. Yeah. Uh, no, as far as this match is concerned, it it was there's a lot of stuff on SmackDown I felt was spinning wheels, and this was this was kind of like that. We're setting up. We've already seen them have a tag match, Charlotte and Becky versus Sasha and Bailey. We've already seen that tag match, but we're going to get it again uh, next week on Friday, which, fine, it was great last time. It'll be great again. Uh, but this match was just kind of a placeholder because it was almost that match, except that it was Carmella instead of uh, 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 Becky Lynch. So that was kind of weird. And, of course, Carmella ate the pin. She actually ate a tap out uh, through a nice reversal sequence. Uh, and then was immediately uh, hoisted on R-Truth's shoulders, and they both ran out with the women chasing them uh, because, of course, she's still 24-7 champ. And then afterwards, Charlotte Flair gets beaten down. Becky comes out for the save. Uh, we have a whole kerfuffle. And afterwards, uh, Becky Lynch is being interviewed backstage, and Sasha attacks her from behind while she's being interviewed, shoves her face into some some uh, uh, hurricane wire and so forth. So uh, steel, you know, steel cage. Look, we're going to be in a steel cage on Hell in a Cell. Get it? Um Here's my question to you, Nick. Okay. Is Sasha and Becky, is it lackluster right now? Like, is because I'm not, we're not building for it towards a definitive feud with anybody else in this. Bailey and Carmella are kind of doing something. Charlotte is just kind of there. Yeah, you know what is it is? The, um, the, B- Sasha came, look, I'm still bent out of shape about the SummerSlam thing, as you guys know, because it didn't happen, <laughs> didn't happen the way I wanted it to. Hashtag wrestling. I think that contributed to the fact that we now have something that's lack. There's no meat. You're basically getting a bun with no patty in the middle. You're, you're, you're going to eat two pieces of bread because the attack happened and they went straight to physicality. And they've already kind of DQ'd each other during matches and things like that. And now we're going to go straight to Hell in a Cell. There's no story. There's no nothing. There's no vegetables in the middle. There's no nothing, right? There's no there's no meat and potatoes. There's some, no substance. You're just getting two pieces of bread. And sure, it'll be fun. I'm sure the bread's tasty. I'm going to keep going until you interrupt me. Hashtag here. Nick metaphors. Yep. All right, no, it's... but. <laughs> Uh, oh, I'm on a carb-free diet right now, Nick. No, I, I, here's the thing is that uh, I, I agree. I feel like this is a little bit vanilla, and, and it's it's kind of what we were saying earlier about the Fiend and, and Seth feud and also you know, looking at what they're doing with AOP where you subvert our expectations. You do things we don't expect. I liked Be- uh, Sasha attacking her from behind backstage. The physicality was nice. That was unexpected. It's something you don't see a lot. Um I liked Becky's promo on Raw where she said, is Sasha on, a, on a, a roll right now? Yes, and I wouldn't have it any other way because I want to face people at their best because that's, that's who I am. Yeah. Great. Okay, it's a great character definition on, on Becky's part. Something is just missing, and I wish I could put my finger on what it is. Um, the intensity is, for the most part, there. I just feel like there needs to be – like they, the two of them need to do something – that we haven't seen before. They Sa- need to go... Sasha didn't attack Becky. She came out and attacked Natalia during her crybaby daddy speech. And Becky just came out yeah. to, at the beginning of this to whole save thing. It for, for some reason. For, but at this point, I, I, what I'm, I'm saying is I think they need to do something that is buzz-getting. Something that sure. is uh, like an extra level. Like, like Braun Strowman flipping the ambulance. Obviously not literally that. But something like that where we go, oh my god, they went there. And they haven't done that yet. They haven't had a moment where we go... Wow, Sasha and Becky has gone to the next level. It hasn't gone to the next level. It's on one level, and it hasn't really moved, and it hasn't moved the needle. And I don't think 
sticking them in Hell in a Cell and just saying it's going to be in Hell in a Cell is going to change that. Yay. Because that means we're waiting until Hell in a Cell to see the thing really go crazy. I don't know. It's, we, this we've is, already seen Sasha and Charlotte in Hell in a Cell last year. Oh, now we're going to get Sasha, and it was horrible. And now we're going to get Sasha and Becky and expect it to be better? <sighs> With no build, no story, no substance, no context, just, you know, because reasons. Because they yeah. are mad at each other. Okay. Yeah, it needs to be something else. But, uh, you know, at least that Four Horsewomen match next week on Friday should be good. Can't complain about getting good things. Uh, Daniel Bryan and Roman are now buddies again. Oh, at least boy. we found that out because Daniel Bryan had a match against Rowan. Of course, there was interference from Harper. Of course, Daniel Bryan started getting beaten down. Roman came out for the save. And uh, afterwards, it looked like Daniel Bryan turned a little bit face and said, uh, "We're you know, you and me, Roman, we're going to kick their disrespectful asses. And the whole crowd did a yes. Well, most of the crowd did a yes chant. They're still kind of like... you can see uh, he, even started, he, he even started bad? to do the shoulder things, and then he stopped. If you watch close, yeah. go back and watch it if you missed it. Yeah. But when the crowd was doing yes, 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 he even did two or three little pumps and then stopped himself. And I thought that was interesting. And the other part was, after the match, Roman reached out. Daniel was on the mat. Roman reached out, and Daniel slapped his hand away. And it's little things like that that Daniel Bryan can pull off that... Then yeah. I go, oh, okay, we're not they, we're not buddies yet. We're not cool yet. We're going to slow roll this this return to face. <laughs> and it's why Daniel Bryan is one of the greatest sports entertainers on the, on the face of the planet. Yeah. And I use that term specifically as opposed to – because he's one of the greatest wrestlers. But as far as sports entertainment, he is the total package. Yeah. He gets every aspect of the performance. Um, so from – and this is an example of – this whole sequence was, was an example of that. Here's my question. Is, is this a swerve? Is this just – where Daniel Bryan's going to play like he's face and then turn on Roman and form a faction with Harper and Rowan at uh, Hell in a Cell. It, if he stays face, is it too soon to, to turn him back to being face? Or if it's a swerve and he stays heel and joins up with Harper and Rowan, is that a bad idea for Harper and Rowan? No, like when they get, I, I think like, it's a bad idea to turn him, like the first thing you said, turn him back face already. <laughs> uh, I think having him as, you know, you get Team Hell No vibes easily from him and Rowan, right? You throw Harper into that mix and it feels more like, you know, the Wyatt family. Yeah. Yeah, you know. which was really good. We all really liked the Wyatt family. So, yeah. where with someone arguably better than Bray Wyatt uh at the front front end of it? Yeah, and they both they all turn and just kind of eviscerate Roman Reigns. I could see that happening. What I will say is that it better be something interesting like that because if it's vanilla AF yeah, uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real upset and concerned like all for all of these guys. Not if it's Ro just Daniel Roman, Bryan but... and Roman standing tall at Hell in a Cell and going, "Ha ha, we beat those dastardly Bludgeon Brothers." I mean Harper and Rowan. Then yeah, I'm gonna be disappointed too and be like, yeah. "Really? That's all you had after all of this? After all of that convoluted or horrible storyline? This is what we get? Like this whole ride that we've been on with the vegan belt and save the world and Rowan all." All of that will have been for naught, in my opinion. Why yeah. even turn Daniel Bryan in the first place and spend that capital if you're not going to have something come out of it? And yeah, he did have a championship run that led to Kofi, and Kofi's had the championship since April, since Mania. Uh, but what sense? This is the only angle we've really got going uh, with Daniel Bryan and, and, and Rowan, and now it's and got it's, Roman Reigns circling it. I, I, think it's, I think that there is so much more that they could have mined with a heel Daniel Bryan. 
they really could have. The, the guy was on a roll. So hopefully it is. A, I hope it's a swerve. Uh, Harp and honestly, if he does join up with Harper and Rowan, can you imagine him coming out with like vegan metal shirts? Well, they're coming out. I'm just saying, <clears throat> like just all, every week, cattle decapitation. Every week, militant vegan metal, cannibal corpse. Yeah. No, 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 cattle decap. They're literally militant vegans. Yeah. Like just them and Morrissey. Yeah. Um, but in, in other, yeah, the shirt watch. Sorry. Oh, yeah, Harper Rowan, Rowan actual, shirt watch. Actual shirt watch. Uh, this week, it was Hate Breed on Harper and Kill Switch Engage on Rowan. Neither of my neither of them are my favorites, but they're fine. I love both uh, of them. Very popular. Very, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're right up your alley. Yep. So, yeah. I guess, still, I guess still Rowan, roll. Rowan let Harper borrow his Hate Breed t-shirt from a couple, three weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, it probably didn't wash either. It's got the sweat marks on it for Harper. Oh. It's weird. Uh, they went from being the Bludgeon Brothers to evil metalheads. I don't. I'm. I'm not I'm, mad at it. I'm fine with that. Uh, I speaking of things that I'm not mad at, we're finally going to see the end of Shane McMahon, Nick. Are we're we on though? the cusp. <laughs> we're up. Yes, yes. Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon had it out in the ring this week. Kevin brought his lawyer. Oh, sorry. Shane brought his lawyers to try to convince Kevin to drop the lawsuit. Oh, the story. It hurts me to talk about it. <laughs> Kevin Owens is suing Shane McMahon for wrongful termination. Apparently, he's got a case. He's got Shane scared. Shane agreed. To, I'm just going to roll through this because I can't stand it. Yeah. Shane agreed that if Kevin Owens and he have one more match, um, whoever wins keeps their job. Whoever loses goes away. Well, those were Kevin's stipulations. Shane just gave him two I'm saying options. They agreed- they agreed to that. Oh yeah, okay. I'm just trying to I'm trying to get through this, Nick. Yeah. They did too. They <laughs> had to get stand. to a commercial or something or the end of the show, and they were just rushing right through it. Oh, they were rushing that stuff. Well, we had to get to the the Becky being beat down by Sasha thing. Right, right. But um, but no, I, I'm glad they rushed through this because at this point, I just wanted. I, I'm with you, man. I finally hit my limit. I hit my break when you know we're. I'm done. I'm done. Get Shane off TV. Victory. Have it be over with. Have Kevin Owens beat him. I just want to see the end of this ladder match where Kevin Owens gets the briefcase or whatever it is, gets his job back, and moves on to a feud that actually makes him look good. Get Shane off TV. Uh, let him let his perception by the audience recover. Because right now everyone is sick to death of him. And at you know, it's I hate to say it because I've been a supporter of a lot of this stuff over the year. Um, ever since, you know, back last year with Miz and everything. And it's just, it really has like this. It's, it's go away heat at this yeah, point. I, I'm just, I, I, I am at a loss for words. It's, it's gender Mahal go away heat at this point. Come on, sued him. I can't, I can't. <laughs> I can't. I, <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to something me. that didn't suck, which was Ali and Nakamura. Mmm. <laughs> If you did not watch SmackDown Live this week, this mm. is about the only reason to go watch because it was amazing. <laughs> you have You're to go watch wrong. this match. You're not wrong. This match was another awesome match. Of course, Sami Zayn got in, uh, involved at the end. For some reason, Ali decided to focus on Shane, uh, Sami Zayn at the end of the match and Nakamura nailed him with the Kinshasa uh, for the one, two, three. I wonder if the feud with Ali is going to continue, and I would love it if it did, although I think Ali's just there to make Nakamura look good and to define what Nakamura and Zayn's relationship is. Ali is made Ali look good. <laughs> uh, yeah, of course he does. That dude, dude kicked it, out of everything. <laughs> he did. He kicked out a lot of nasty stuff, including just completely no-sold a, 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 a suicide dive to the outside where he just basically landed on his head and neck and just popped back up like yep. he was made of rubber and steel and was like, what? What? Sure. 
has been taking neck lessons from Kota Ibushi. Uh, so yeah, no, that was a great match. It was a lot of fun. I I'm curious to see if this was this felt like it was spinning wheels for Nakamura, just you know getting him to look stronger. And hey, by the way, Ali is a lovable baby face who's fighting upwards. All right, cool. It was just kind of there. Also, just kind of there for the first time in a long time. The Kabuki Warriors were back, Nick. And they had a match against Fire and Desire where they won with the insane elbow. All right. Uh, I, I wouldn't have even mentioned this match except for the fact that apparently uh, th- they still put out magazines. Did you know they still print magazines? Also, did you know they still print Maxim? Maxim's still a thing. Our, our listeners who are in Australia, do you guys still actually read Maxim over there? Like, is that actually a thing? Because apparently Mandy Rose was on the cover and they couldn't stop talking about it this entire match. It was the only thing they could talk about the entire match. Well, they did this when she was in Muscle and Fitness as well. You know, so they made it, but they made an I angle mean, out of that with Emma I bought Moon. two it magazines was, in the airport today on the way home. So yeah, I still read magazines. Were they Maxim? No, they were not Maxim. Okay. I just looked at those pictures online. <laughs> the, oh, the magazines right. I bought today were like how to rebuild your Windows PC to be faster. Blah, 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 tech oh, God. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. No, so they did this with Muscle and Fitness. This is a Mandy Rose thing. It's a Mandy Rose gimmick. It's a Mandy Rose thing. thing. Yeah. Um, but this didn't turn out. You know, the, one of the banners that I've considered for this week's show was the shot of Otis Dozovich with two copies of it up stacked on top of each other yeah. reading i thought that oh was, yeah oh yeah brings, brings a brings a whole new meeting to i'm coming <laughs> all righty uh, then well this, this was a thing so oh. also a thing new day had a match against the b team and they won and it just kind of was uh mike canellis interrupted chad gable who was giving a speech about losing to baron corbin canellis made some short jokes gable beat the crap out of him snapped him. they had a match Put him in an ankle lock, tapped him out in 30 seconds um, because Canellis wanted to prove to his wife that size does matter. All right, okay. more of those. Um, only real thing here was that Elias at the end showed up on the Titan Tron and called out Chad Gable. What do you think about a possible Elias versus Chad Gable feud? I'm not mad at it. Curious. I'm curious. I'm. I'm. I'm just. I'm sitting here going. You just. You just put. You just put Chad Gable in the King of the Ring finals. You had him go through all those guys. Yeah. And now you're basically having him fight Mike Bennett, Canellis, and Elias. Yeah. Well, honestly, I think this is going to be a two-week thing because we're counting down to this uh, to the the draft. Yeah. And you can't really start feuds when there's a draft on the horizon. That's true. Yeah. Unless let him, let him the fight for the next couple of weeks and whatever. Yep. Yeah. And it should be fun. Um, Elias can make fun of his height. Uh, Chad Gable can end up actually winning a feud. It'll be great. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, Kofi did give a speech about how he's very confident in himself. He feels like he can beat Brock. He's never been better. Do you feel like he was overconfident in this promo? Uh, and does he stand? A, does he actually stand a chance against Brock Lesnar? Nope. <laughs> Fox. All I, right. I, I just you know what Fox wants Brock. That, that's got to be what it is. There's no reason to send him over to the SmackDown brand with the WWE Championship. That's that's just it. Just makes too much sense. The writing's on the wall. Yeah, yeah. I, and and here's the thing: they have released dates that Brock Lesnar has been advertised to appear. He will be on, of course, the September 30th Raw. So next Monday, he'll be on the Raw, pr- probably promoting that SmackDown. He will be on that SmackDown, the October 4th SmackDown, where he's got the match against Kofi Kingston. He's also scheduled for the SmackDown after that on the 11th, and then two weeks after that on the 25th, 
And then three weeks after that, in Philadelphia on the 15th of November. So he's got a few dates coming up. And that does not bode well for Mr. Kingston, I don't think. Let me put it to you this way. Let's do a little sales 101 role play. You're, I want you to pretend for a second that you're an executive producer at Fox. All right, so I'm going to present to you our debut episode. Who do you, would you like, Mr. Exec Producer, to be your champion? You can have a dreadlocked, skinny, caved-in chest Jamaican dude who throws pancakes and wears unicorn horns. Or... You can have Brock Lesnar. Have you been listening to superstar Billy Graham too much, man? Damn, that was a burial of Kofi there. What was that? No, I'm just, I'm talking about, forget, for, you don't know anything about these two guys, except the fact that Braun is a legit badass who's the been in Braun, MMA. You've got, and all you Brock Lesnar, everyone knows Brock Lesnar. Everybody you knows got, Brock. Hey, it's Kofi right. Kingston. The, okay. Who? <laughs> right. And then you show him a picture. Oh, it's this guy. He's really funny. What? That's He's really champ? funny. Yeah, man. He's yeah. a good time. Rock, rock, rock. You know, that's, I, and that's funny. That's the argument that, that Billy Graham was making is like he's not a believable champ. And right. from a certain aspect, I think a, a kind of a myopic aspect. Yeah, that, that's there is some truth to that. I think that the whole point is that he is an underdog babyface champ. Um, but oh, by the, the way, he's I also going to be on Raw. Thank you for reminding me of that, uh, DJ Butters. Uh, he's going to be on Raw as well to set it all up. <laughs> I, I mentioned that. Yeah, he's on the thirtieth September thirtieth Raw. Oh right, yeah. Um, yeah, so it, to advertise that he's going to be on... He's going to be the champ on Friday. <laughs> right, he's going to... It's the last time you see me without a belt. Um, but here's that's the point you're making, is that um, the Fox executives now have a say in WWE programming. And if you were a Fox executive, who do you want? You want a draw. You want a proven draw. A guy who Vince McMahon has, has stuck in our faces for the last three years because the dude sells tickets. Like, sorry, guys, if you hate Brock having the championship, stop buying the tickets because everyone buys the tickets when he's the champ. Yeah. And he's got a match. He's still an attraction. So if Kofi retains, it will be shocking. My uh, mind will be blown, exciting. and I will throw away any wrestling knowledge that I have left in my head because if I don't know what else. Are you saying you 100% believe Brock will win? 100%. 120%. I only – get this. 65% Brock wins. I, I, I am 35% think it's possible Kofi could retain. You're such an L.A. non-committal, flaky kind of guy, man. How dare you, sir? <laughs> You're such kidding. a North Carolina mark. Yeah, damn right I am. All right. Well, that is it for SmackDown Raw. Before we get over to the wide world of wrestling, though, I want to just I want to say one thing okay. about uh, about main roster Raw. Just a, a quick little kind of philosophical aside, and this okay. was brought Ooh, up like to this week. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's an interesting one because. Um, this week there was a, like, I was, I was having a discussion with, uh, with Judith Brooke, ex-pro wrestler, one of the people, one of our contributors to this show. Um, and she was talking about, uh, how, you know, you, you, you feel very differently about wrestlers when they go to WWE, they wrestle different, like Ricochet doesn't wrestle the same way he does when he was in the Indies or even Lucha Underground. And the metaphor that she came up with was that it's kind of like a good actor going and being in a Marvel movie. You shouldn't expect Mark Ruffalo to be giving an Oscar award-winning performance. You shouldn't expect uh, Robert Downey Jr. to give a performance like Chaplin when he's playing Iron Man, right? WWE is a, like a Marvel movie. It's a big, 
flashy action movie. You might have some moments where that are that are really good and actually affect you. And you're going to have times where actors have to really act well. Chris Evans is going to have an emotional scene that's going to get to you when he's playing Captain America, right? So that you're going to have to use their chops as good actors to make your action comic book movie work. But you also shouldn't expect them to be in there giving the kind of performances that would, say, win them an Oscar. Yeah. So that was, I thought, a really interesting metaphor. And anyone who is down on WWE or is expecting something else from the main roster, think about it that way. Change your expectations because that's what it is and that's what you're going to get. Or go watch NXT. Or go, yeah, go watch. You've got the options these days. (laughs) If you don't want to watch the Marvel movies, go watch some indie movies. No one's stopping you. If you want to go see that art house film, guess what? AEW TV is starting on Wednesday. There and there's go. so many, yeah. And there's so many people that are mad at WWE for just being WWE. Like it's a Marvel. Don't be mad at a Marvel movie for existing. Oh my God, there's comic book movies. They're everywhere. You know what else is everywhere? Other movies. <laughs> so that's that is a little rant. They just don't have hundred million dollar marketing budgets per film. Right, <laughs> but that's not the movie they're trying to make. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, That's a fantastic analogy. I love that. The diving bell on the butterfly with a $100 million budget makes no sense. So, sorry, obscure movie reference. But that's, anyway, that's mini rant over, little tangent segment there. Nick, let's move on. We have much to discuss over in the wide world of wrestling. You know how I said earlier that I thought that Ali and uh, Shinsuke Nakamura match was my favorite of the week? Yes. I, I told a lie. Uh-huh. Because <laughs> even though I the- only watched it a few hours ago when I got home yeah. from, from traveling, yeah. uh, Keith Lee and Dijak. And, and all yeah. I can think about whenever I watch these two, if I can do a little sidebar now, if you don't mind. Please. I'm, I'm taken back to the American Legion in Reseda. When mm. it what 2016 17 when we went to that P, the that one of the few final PWG events that they had at the at the Legion mm-hmm. um, before they moved over to the Globe and I remember seeing Keith Lee I remember seeing Pentagon and Ricochet and Jeff Cobb and all of those guys that uh, frankly I had not done a good enough job catching or keeping up with because I'm WWE boy you know right um, so you kind of introduced me to a lot of that scene. But every time I look now and see Keith Lee and Dijak on NXT, I'm immediately transported and I'm reminded of all of the talent that is in WWE and or AEW. And if you look at Ricochet and Pentagon and Phoenix and Jeff Cobb was just in the G1, uh, all, Keith Lee, Dijak, Adam Cole, all of these guys that have come up, they're all, the new generation has arrived. I think that's what I really wanted to say, and I think I'm finally starting to get my head around that um, because as we enter this whole new era of wrestling that's really starting this week, uh, at this next week, we're looking at this whole new crop of talent that while a lot of people might see them as new, are extremely experienced entertainers, and we have uh, so much to look forward to. But Keith Lee and Dijak, man. Just these are two of my favorite guys from uh, PWG, from the th- the things that I saw, and they've done great matches so far. And this week kind of put it all on the line. 
I saw 600 pounds of combined man <laughs> do an avalanche Canadian destroyer. <laughs> I'd like to, if anybody's yeah. seen that before, chat, holla at me because I, I don't know 600, that I've, 600 pounds specifically. 600 pounds. Yeah. Hoss, Hoss match, <laughs> only it's, it's built like a cruiserweight match. <laughs> right. Well, this is the thing is that, and if people are wondering what Nick's referring to as far as seeing Keith Lee and Dijak um, fighting before in PWG, that's, that was actually referring to uh, night three of the 2017 Battle of Los Bowling. Angeles. You can, get it, you, you can get it online yeah. uh, and check Buy it out. The it DVD. was actually Support those guys. It was a, it's, a, it's a fairly famous match. It was rated five stars by Dave Meltzer for whatever that's worth. That's worth. But it's interesting to see this, which is you know their third meeting in NXT and how they've actually taken a couple of beats from that match, like uh, Dijak doing the moonsault and then Keith Lee sitting up on the one count with Dijak in his arms. Um, stuff like that that was in that match. And yeah, Nick, that's, uh, it's why you and I were both really high on these guys coming into NXT and we've been kind of proselytizing them to our listeners ever since, uh, was we were like, you guys just wait and see on these guys. And sure enough, they're doing it now. I guess my only question is, is... Once they're done reliving that match, then what? Then what is what is left? What is next for them after that? Because they're going to run this longer. This was this was uh, you know they had a match that was a no contest. They had a match that Dijak won. They had a, another match. This one that uh, Keith Lee won fairly handily. Yeah, we're one and one now. We need the rubber match. We need the, we need the rubber. R right. So is that going to be at a takeover? Are we going to get that other TV show? What happens? After that, um, I, I don't know. I think you need to put one of them in a title contention uh, at some point. And I thought that, that they, one of the two of them might be in line. And I still kind of think that for the North American Championship. But we saw some other developments on that this week uh, that we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Uh, what next? I don't know. I, I could totally see Keith Lee being a challenger for the NXT Championship. Yeah. You know, it's, and it just needs, that just needs to be booked properly. And I have all the faith in Trips and Regal. To, and Shawn Michaels, for that matter, to really lay that out. And I... <laughs> just, please do right by these two guys. They can do great things for your division because it can't be Undisputed Era forever. And right. The, it couldn't be Johnny Gargano and Champa forever, and it's not going to be Undisputed Era forever. So who's next? It's, it's Make actually sure you line like, up what's next. I was looking at the NXT roster and also some people that are just down in the PC in general, that people that could just show up. And it's mind blowing to me the depth of talent they're just sitting on there. Yep. Like, like I think you mentioned it last week where you've got guys like uh, Ijo de Fantasma have just signed up there. And um, I've watched something on the WWPC YouTube channel this week uh, about Rinku Singh, who, my God, where have they been hiding that guy? I know he had a match we saw a little while back, but that, that guy. If he can, if he's not too green, if he can work a match, a future absolute breakout superstar. Like there, and, and there's a bunch of those guys. Their roster is so freaking huge, it's ridiculous. The, the depth of talent they have just hanging out. Well, let's not so, forget about Damian Priest. And Damian Priest is there as well. Yes. Um, including, we just saw the return this week of Dakota Kai. She came back and had a match against Tenara Kunthi. Um, not a good match. I thought uh, Kai very emotional that she got was was back. ACL yeah, was, surgery is no joke. A little dusty in there. <coughs> yeah. During when she um, uh -huh. when she, she uh, little, came out, she, she, she got looked, frazzled, and uh, it was and a just, little it was a little dusty, and she was a little rusty. And uh, I don't know if Conti was the best person to put her against because it's not like Conti is the best ring worker either. Um, 
yet. I see potential, but I still, she still doesn't, it's not quite there yet. Um, do you think that Kai is going to write this ship and will she get back in the title picture? Should she get back in the title picture? Not yet. There's, there's plenty going around the title picture right now, in my opinion. Uh-huh. Uh, you've got Rhea Ripley that's just come back, is probably next in line in some way, shape, or form. Io Shirai is still up there. Um, I am fully expecting a Tony Storm appearance in the next few weeks. Like especially since she dropped the belt at that at that takeover event. Yeah. So I, I mean, yep. So she is right there as well. So Rhea Ripley, Io Shirai, Tony Storm. Th- yeah, Cody Kai will be fine for a few months. They're, the the lineup for I was, I was concerned about the the women's division when nobody's been able to take down Shayna. And if you look at what's lined up behind her now, there's a solid three to four women that are easy that contenders. Yeah. Easy contenders to come in and do that, but it's not. Yeah, Dakota that, woman, Kai that yet. woman's roster's got so much depth. You could actually break some of them off and have tag teams at this point. Although yeah. I think you already have a couple of tag teams, but I think that there's it's a it's also a huge roster, and it's just getting more huge by the week. Yeah. Uh, over but on the men's side, speaking of speaking one, of one last thing, real oh, yeah. quick, please. Uh, she does still have beef with Shayna. Right. Let's That's kind of what I was thinking. Let's not forget that but from breaking her arm and doing all that wonky shit, right? Yeah, so the bullying-ass thing they were doing. Yes. I don't know if they're going to bring that back. It's been like 10 months she's been out, and lots has changed. They briefly mentioned it on commentary. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, in, in Regal, I trust, you know, at this point. In Trips, I yep. trust. My, my hands are, Jesus, take the wheel, because I am on, <laughs> I, am a long, I am all in, <laughs> On NXT at this point, I'm I think it's still a little doing. early to, to be to be calling Triple H Jesus, but uh, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, we also had Matt da- uh, Matt Riddle and Killian Dane continued their street fight for the for now it's a number one contendership street fight. Winner gets a title shot at Adam Cole. Uh, this was a knocker slobber, as you would imagine. Uh, some 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 hits were put on here. Uh, it was the first time I actually was sitting there going, man, Riddle needs to actually sell that he's been taking shots more. Like some of these shots, he was just like recovering from me like, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm good. Um, I'm good. Uh, but he did pick up the win here. He finally tapped out Killian Dane in a nasty looking Fujiwara arm bar for Got the victory. Got up in all the hips into it and everything, man. Oh, Jesus Christ. When he, when, he, when he cranked it, it looked great. Uh, Killian Dane finally gets a loss, taps out to Matt Riddle, who is your number one contender. Adam Cole comes down to jaw at a beaten up Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle puts him in an arm bar and gets chased off by the Undisputed Era. Uh, yeah, Matt Riddle's the. Is that a good first contender for live on USA? Yeah, I for like Adam it. Cole, I'm a fan. I like it. What do you do? You think he's going to win? Like, is, how long will the prophecy last here? Where they all have the? the I'm goal? more worried about the North American title than I am the NXT Championship at this point, frankly. Why? I, I think I don't think Roderick's going to hold it that long. I, I think there's so many dudes lined up. It's that perfect mid card belt where you can just kind of toss it around and you know have fun with it. The NXT Championship is a little bit delicate. I think so, I think you need to hold on to that for a while. Adam Cole's had it for a while at this point. A good oh god, when did he win it? SummerSlam. Three three months. Uh, or what, was it Mania? It wasn't Mania that he took it off of uh, Gargano, was it? I'm stumped now. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. I stumped myself. <laughs> anyway, he's had it for a bit, oh, a minute, too. right? He's, I think he, it was WrestleMania. I, I think it was Mania. Yeah, that he defended it uh, in like match three or whatever it was at the one. Yeah, come on, chat, weigh in for us. Help us, <laughs> help us out. Um, at the end of the day, though, I think Adam Riddle having it is good. I think Undisputed Era having that NXT championship is good. 
Uh, I just don't know how much longer. I think it's more delicate, and they're going to keep it long. that one longer than the North American Championship on Roderick Strong. You just called him Adam Riddle. Is that like bro Sorry, Adam. I'm really hey, tired. Baby bro. Baby bro. Really, really tired, guys. Baby <laughs> hey, bro. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. Hey, I, hey R- Riddle versus Adam Cole, I'm down for that match. Bring that the hell on. Uh, also was a fan of Lorcan and Birch versus Everrise, which, of course, is Chase Parker and Matt Martell. Vintage Canadian tag team there. Uh, I think this was just a, a match to get Lorcan and Birch looking good for their 205 live match, which uh, also was happened this week, which was great. Uh, nice to see them on TV back together again. Uh, also, speaking of together, Deanna Parazzo and Chelsea Green were hanging out together in the uh, in the crowd. Possible tag team once Chelsea Green is off the injured list. I think that might be a good uh, outcome for both of them. As we were just saying, the women's roster is stacked. Yeah. Cameron Grimes had a match against Raul Mendoza, mm. who is still the NXT gatekeeper and is just way too damn good to be a gatekeeper. It kills me. The guy is so freaking good. Yeah. Um, but he made Cameron Grimes look even better. So it's crazy how much love our boy Grimes is getting. A little Trevor Lee up in here. They are loving them some Trevor Lee right now, Nick. North Carolina. Let's go. <laughs> I'm not mad at it either. No. Uh, and the, hat, the hat's growing on me. I think you said it last week. The hat's growing on me too. Oh, oh I am still resistant. I'm still <laughs> resisting the hat. I'm resisting the hat and the vest. I'm not. I, I refuse. I'm not. I will not go peacefully into this dark night. Oh, okay. Uh, Rhea Ripley. Uh, you mentioned her. She had a match against Caden Carter, for, formerly Lacey Lane. Um, what do you think? Of, what do you think of Lacey Lane's new presentation? Excuse me, K, uh, Caden Carter's new presentation. The the music. She's not quite as like Ember Mooney, like yeah. Green Ember Moon anymore. Um, they're saying she's from the what did they say? Not the Virgin Islands, but the. Um, so I, I thought she was from. I know she's from Florida. I, I haven't been. I, I was there to watch Rhea Ripley. I, I'm not. I wasn't given a reason to care yet. Honestly. All right. Well, what did you think about the fact that that she put up a bit of a, a fight against Rhea Ripley? Look, uh, Lacey Lane looked great uh, in the Mae Young uh-huh. Classic, from what I saw. And you know, I, I, it's the same wrestler under there. She's Except had, for her she, her one big botch on the ropes, which she did right this time. Right. Sure. But aside from that, yeah, she looked. But great. her doing all those little springboard sort of luchador luchadora type of moves I think are great um, it get, it shows that kind of agility and a different style to a powerhouse bruiser like Rhea Ripley didn't matter once Rhea got a hold of her she was done and yeah I, I just at the end of this it, it feels inevitable I don't know where Io Shirai fits into this picture where does Io Shirai it feels like Rhea is they're setting her up to be that contender but do we end up with a number one contenders match between Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley or do we uh, that would be my, after threat. after the Candice LeRae match? That would be my suspicion. Yeah. So also thank you, Andy Jessup. Thank you, Champ. Uh, he pointed out Gargano beat Cole at Mania, and then Cole, remember he they went off the top of the cage. That's right. At SummerSlam, and yep. then he won it back. So yeah. Thank you, thank you, Champ. Um. So yeah, we also had in one of the bigger matches of the night, Imperium uh, minus Walter versus Kushida, and a tag team of his choice, and the tag team that he chose was. Breezango, mm. which sounded, sounded great, and then we got to the match, which was basically 10 minutes of them working over Tyler, Tyler Breeze. Breeze. Yeah. Finally, before finally, in the last, what, minute and a half, hot tagged Fandango. He goes nuts, clears the ring, and uh, Kushida has a little bit of a hot streak and taps out. 
Oh, uh, it wasn't Eichner. Barthel. He taps out Barthel. Barthel yeah. Uh, the whole story yeah, of the was, match was trying to rearrange Tyler Breeze's face. It was they. I almost feel like when they were booking this, it was like a. They were like it was like a goof. They were like, all right. How long do you think we can work over Breeze and not have the audience burn down the, the ring? <laughs> yeah. And because at a certain point, I was like, oh, my God. How it is this still going? Tag. It was, I wasn't excited for Fandango to come in. I was just like, oh, thank God. Yeah. God, get on with it. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so a little disappointing there. Uh, Kushida escapes and then eats a boot from Walter on the ramp to end the show. Uh, just give me Kushida Walter in my eye holes right now. Just, yep. just give it to me. Stop Please. teasing me. If you want to do some more Breezango and Imperium on their own, on the side, fine. Just, yeah, this was a little disappointing. I'm not going to lie, but I love all these guys. And, you know, even a bad match, quote-unquote bad match on NXT, still very, very watchable. Uh, One final thing, Nick, about NXT. Quote-unquote, the injury report was released after this show. They said that uh, Adam Cole is questionable for action with a radius fracture suffered by Matt Riddle when he was giving them that arm bar. They said Raul Mendoza has a rib fracture for getting stomped on for the finish of the Cameron Grimes match. Uh, Dominic Dijakovic is day-to-day with a cervical strain after taking that big finish from Keith Lee. He has a a cervix? (laughs) Apparently. And then Kushida is also questionable with a wrist injury. Um... This is the second week they've done this. Dream was also, quote-unquote, injured after the Roderick Strong match. You know, AEW said they want to be more sports-centric, wins and losses matter, that kind of thing. Is this NXT's play at that? All of this is kayfabe, obviously. Uh, If Matt Riddle had actually injured Adam Cole with that armbar, everyone would be screaming for his head at this point. Yeah. Uh, Is this their nod at being more sportsy, where you have guys get, quote-unquote, injured and it's not just taken to a local medical facility he's had some internal contusions the kind of you know poppycock we hear on the main roster right this is more this sounds more like a sports injury report yeah it does where they say he's day-to-day yeah he's questionable you know what i mean he's questionable (laughs) i dig that i I dig that it's a little it's the details every time we say nick you know what to to your point every sunday morning i am up now that we're back into football season, I'm up looking at my fantasy injury reports, seeing who's questionable, who's going right. to play. I got to hear Jay Glazer tell me who's in or out. You know, I, so I, yeah, I love this shit. This gets me up and makes me want to watch football uh, right. for, for for the NFL. It, it's going to give me, it's going to make you invest in matches and maybe even alternative matches uh, once you really start buying into some of this stuff. So yeah, I'm I'm all sure. in on this. I love it. It feels more like a consistent. Uh, tapestry as opposed to just like here's a show and then you know seth rollins is being murdered by the fiend on sunday and he comes out you know fresh as a daisy on monday and you're like wait what like keeping this kind of consistency and making it sound sportsy is the reason why we get into stuff like new japan is the reason why AEW is probably taking that tack with making it sound sportsy because people like fantasy football as you said it's such a huge freaking thing why would you not go for people's natural instincts to want to stat uh, what do you even say? Statistify? Statistic issues? I don't even... You know what I mean? Do statistics. Yeah. We want to do statistics. You saw me when I was trying to figure out the end of the G1 this year. And I was breaking all the, you know, all the bracketology there. You guys we didn't get to stuff. see all of that. I, I've seen the all spreadsheets. Jesus. 
Uh, one thing I'll say here, the little epiphany I just had. Uh, talking about all of this, I know it's NXT, but what's getting ready to go? Uh, SmackDown's getting ready to go over to Fox. Whose name did I just say is on Fox on Sunday mornings? What if Jay Glazer starts doing injury reports for SmackDown Live on Fox? Oh, my God. <laughs> that would be interesting. They do have some love over there on ESPN and sports, or, or not on, on the Fox programs, you mean? Yep. Yep. Be interesting. Yep. If Fox, Fox playing it like kayfabe in kayfabe, that'd be interesting. I love I that it, uh, DJ Butters in our chat says, Kona Reeves is hurt. Good. <laughs> Say it ain't so. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Screw that guy. Worked much there, DJ Butters. Yeah. Um, so let's couple more things. We get to get to listener questions quickly over to two hundred five live, where Umberto Carrillo had a match with Angel Garza. Ooh, he was Hydra looking mother, at, his, at his at his sister, his Angel Dong, his Garza Dong. Gar- hashtag but, Garza Dong. Hashtag Garza Dong. Finn That's Balor's right. out. We got to focus on Garza Dong now, guys. Do we have to focus on it? It's more. It's not really a. We choice. don't have a choice. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> It's like, it is, bang, it's right here. there. <laughs> Latino Pepe Le Pew. Um, oh. So, yeah, but that was a, but it was a fun match, as you would expect. I'm curious how long uh, Garza stays on 205 Live. I think it's, we're going to see more of this, like NXT UK and NXT, where all of Trip's brands are going to start feeding into each other. We're going to start seeing guys go back and forth, uh, as we saw with the fact that Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch had a tag match against uh, Tony Nese and cruiserweight champ Drew Gulak. They did win. Lorcan and Birch did pick up the victory here. So it makes me wonder if there's more in the future uh, between Lorcan and, and uh, Gulak, if they've got a little bit more planned there. Um, I would have figured that they would have had Gulak win if he was going to put Oni in his rear view, but here we are, and Lorcan's picking up the win. So we did, they did pin Nice. so it wasn't like Lorcan pinned Gulak, but right. still made me wonder. Still made me wonder. Yeah. Uh, over to New Japan. Uh, this week, we're about to get their East Coast tour uh, over here, and we, the whole card has been revealed for that. I'm going to try and rip through this pretty quickly. So if you're capable of going to these shows, you actually have a bunch of like incredible matches lined up. Um, if, if you're, you're going in to, the if Northeast, if you're in New if England. You're, yeah, if you're in Lowell, Massachusetts, uh, you've got uh, headlining, you've got Okada, Tanahashi, and Ibushi versus Sonata Evil and Naito. Wow. Good Lord. Like wow. right there, that's awesome. Um, Gorillas of Destiny will be defending against Rapongi 3K. Uh, Goto, Yoshihashi, and Rocky Romero versus Jay White, Kenta, and Gato. Like, they are bringing everybody over for these East Coast shows. Ishii and Amazing Red versus Shingo Takagi and Bushi. That is a lights lights out match right there. Uh, Rock and Roll Express, uh, which is Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson, in case you didn't know, Nick, versus uh, Chase Owens and, and Giotto. Um, as we as we know, Ricky Morton was Chase Owens' trainer, so that's going to be an emotional match. Juice Robinson and Mikey Nichols, formerly of NXT, versus TJP and Clark Connors. Lance Archer versus Ren Narita. Your boy Lance Archer is back. He's yeah. going to murder Ren Narita before he heads off on an excursion. Yep. And finally, Carl Fredericks versus Alec Coughlin. So, yeah, that Lowell, Massachusetts show sounds awesome. Um, in New York on night two, on September 28th, Okada and Ibushi versus Sonata and Evil. Kenta defending his uh, openweight championship against Yoshihashi. Goto Ishii and Amazing Red versus Jay White, Chase Owens, and Gato. Good God. Tana- Tanahashi, Tanahashi and the Rock and Roll Express versus Naito, Shingo Takagi, and Bushi. 
<laughs> like this is crazy. So Rocky Rock, Romero, Rock and Roll Express. That's that's Ricky Morton and, and Robert Gibson, right? Did I get it right. Last time? time I checked. Last time I checked. Yes. Right. I just want to make sure. Explain, right. Do you want me to explain their their long and storied history? Mm-hmm. Nick, no, or? no. We can do that for a bonus episode, just for just, just for someone special. Just for you. Just for yeah. you. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Then um uh you've got uh, Juice Robinson and Mikey Nichols versus Clark Connors and Alec Coughlin. Lance Archer again versus Carl Fredericks. And TJP, remember him, versus Ren Narita. Night three, if you're in Philly. Ren Narita's going to be a corpse after fighting Lance Archer. <laughs> well, TJP's going to have an easy win there. He's he's literally going off on excursion after this tour. So <laughs> he's actually, he's not even going to fly back to Japan. He's going to L.A. Oh, wow. to train at the L.A. Dojo. So this is his last. He's going to start off on an American tour. So it's kind of nice. cool. Uh, Philly, September 29th. Tanahashi, Goto, Ishii, Yoshihashi, and the Rock and Roll Express, which, of course, is Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson. Right. Versus Jay White, Kenta, Tamatonga, Tongaloa, Chase Owens, and Gato in an elimination match. That's going to be absolute God. chaos. What a, God, I'm actually really jealous of you guys on the East Coast. These matches sound awesome. Uh, Ibushi and TJP, the, the who, who gives a crap about our neck duo, versus Evil and Bushi. Uh, Juice Robinson, Sho and Yo versus Tetsuya Naito, Sonata, and Shingo Takagi. God. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing Red versus Ren Narita, Lance Archer versus Alex Coughlin, Mikey Nichols versus Carl Fredericks, and Rocky Romero versus Clark Connors. Connors, Sasha Banks. Uh, so yeah, amazing shows over there on the East Coast tour. They weren't messing around with these, no. and that's all before the uh, King of Pro Wrestling, which is October fourth at Sumo Hall back in Japan. We've got the full card for that, and it looks sick. Um, starting from the undercard, Taguchi, Sho and Yo. Versus El Desperado, who's coming back from a broken jaw, Yoshinobu Kanemaru and Duki, uh, Tetsuya Naito, Shingo Takagi, and Bushi versus uh, Suzuki Gun, Zack Sabre Jr., Lance Archer, and Taichi. That's going to be awesome. Lance Archer back in action in Japan. Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, and Yoshihashi versus Jay White, Kenta, and Yujiro Takahashi. Jushin Thunder Liger. Here's where we get to the meat. Jushin Thunder Liger or possibly Kishin Liger. We don't know yet. Versus Minoru Suzuki in a one-on-one match. It's, it's happening. It's happening October 14th. Uh, Will Ospreay is defending his junior heavyweight championship against El Fantasmo. That's finally coming to a head. Uh, John Moxley is their U.S. champ. He will be back in action in Japan defending against Juice Robinson in a no-DQ match. That's going to be chaos. Uh, and then on the top of the card, Ibushi versus Evil. For Ibushi's IWGP heavyweight title shot at Wrestle Kingdom 14, I think I think we know how that's going to end, but still, it's going to be a great match. And then finally, Okada is finally defending his championship against Sonata, which Sonata earned when he beat him in the G1. Right. So, King of Pro Wrestling looking like a great card, albeit a little bit predictable, but still, that's a damn good looking card. Yeah, unless they so want to completely is- rewrite what's going to happen at Wrestle Kingdom in a couple of months. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty <laughs> <Yeah>. predictable. <laughs> totally defy expectations. Right. So, yeah, um, you know, we were saying that we've got so much wrestling to watch. Well, New Japan is not going to be left out of this. Yeah. They've got a bunch of wrestling coming our way, too. Not to be outdone, for sure. Nope. So, more there. But All right, guys. That is good stuff. Thank you, sir, Ian, for breaking that down for us. I'm looking forward to watching a lot of New Japan again. I don't know when I'm going to have time to between our shows and all the other stuff that's happening in the next couple of weeks. But, oh, my goodness. All right. 
Time for listener questions. Guys, if you want to get in on this, remember, it is uh, patrons only. So patreon.com slash BWO. Thank you to all of our patrons, and thank you to all of you guys that and girls that send in questions every single week. Yes, Ian. You have to excuse me for a second. I just realized I forgot there's also the uh, the New Japan Dads match at King of Pro Wrestling. Uh, what? Tanahashi, Tanahashi and Hanma versus Makabe and Toru Yano. Oh, God. That's, that's, gonna, that's the Dads match. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be fun it'll be entertaining nice nice yeah. uh first listener question comes in from josh do you think yes. the success or failure of aew will determine if jericho gets into the wwe hall of fame also are we getting horror this year oh uh yes you are because <laughs> i'm not watching enough wrestling i'm also gonna be watching a horror movie a day through october so 31 horror movies for the month of October, I'm going to try and find some hidden gems, stuff I haven't seen before, stuff I, I've never heard of, uh, plus couple of, probably a couple of ones I just I can't not go through Halloween season without watching. Right. So that's yes, that will be happening again. Four episodes of Horror Palooza, one a week through October. So that is coming back. Um, as far as the success or failure of AEW and Jericho in the Hall of Fame, um, it's a little bit of a difficult question to answer because obviously if AEW fails, you know, one of the, one of the things that Jericho has been pushing is that he's pissed at WWE because he feels like he was disrespected, uh, because of just the, the way things went down with WrestleMania. I believe it was 33 or 34 where Vince said, Hey, hold us, hold us some time. And then he just never called him. Um, but that's also Jericho and everything's always a work with him. So, you know, I don't think he has any ill will with WWE. I think he and Vince could mend fences in a day if they wanted to. Yeah. Um, but he will not be in the Hall of Fame as long as he's in AEW Correct. and not in WWE. So if AEW completely flounders and falls apart, will Jericho go slinking back to WWE? Maybe not right away, and it might not be slinking, but you can expect him probably to end up back in the fold at some point. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas if AEW's success, he's going to be there as long as he keeps getting paid and is contributing to that success and is at the top of their card. So, yeah, I think it contributes to whether or not he's getting in the Hall of Fame because he's not getting in that Hall of Fame until he's not competition. True. Very, very and true. And that's so, – so, yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing Palooza as well. My take on it is, is that he's going to go do his run in AEW. That's going to be a finite amount of time. And after that, who knows – once all of that's finished. Before we move on to the next question, I want to give a shout-out to DJ Butters for the 10 bucks in the tip jar. Thank what? you, sir. Yes. Thank you very much. Thank Love it. Very Thank much, you for sir. the support, Mr. Nice. Butters. All right. Next up, we got Billy, who asks a very, very good question. I love this one. Hey, fellas, welcome back from Paradise. Thank you. Actually, it was just me. Ian didn't get to go, unfortunately. Maybe one day. I uh, live in Paradise. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and thanks for all you do. I've been wondering for a while, was Daniel Bryan right? Was Sammy Zayn right? Are fans just fickle and toxic? I don't really see it anywhere around here, but damn, it's visible. The fans wanted Kofi and Seth on top, and they got it. Now they are turning on them. Same with Becky. It's not, it's not cool to boo Roman anymore, so he's wildly cheered. His story with Rowan is far from perfect and full of WTF things, but WWE is doing long-term storytelling finally, something that fans have wanted, yet they hate it. 
Are, are the fans just never going to be happy nowadays? I find it very hard to hate and be cynical about things when my hobby is essentially watching grown men fake fight in their underwear. <laughs> um, so Good point. <laughs> I don't really have a lot to... I think your questions are kind of interesting and rhetorical and introspective. Um, the, the idea that all of these things... We finally got all those face wins at WrestleMania. Yay! We got everything we wanted. Thanks, Uncle Vince! And now we don't want them anymore. And I'm as guilty as anybody. I'll admit that. Full disclosure. Yeah, you are. I, I, I am absolutely as guilty. I We've ridden the train for well over six months now at this point. And uh, it's, it's getting a little stale. So that's my hang-up on it. As fast as they turn things over in WWE outside of Brock Lesnar, uh, it's, it's getting a little bit stale for me. That's, that's where I'm hung up on it. What about you, Sir Ian? Well, I mean, we do know that uh, the fans can be fickle. I mean, even on this show today, we heard Nick say that there were three different matches that were his favorite of this week, and he just changed, you know, as the show went on. Yeah. Um, but that's also that's not just fans; that's just human beings. Like we have short attention spans. It's kind yeah. of the nature of it, you know. But uh, as far as toxic, yeah, there's absolutely a part of wrestling fandom that is extremely toxic. And in fact, like you can look at any, ex- like any group of people that are extreme fans of anything and you're going to find that toxic part of the community and some of them are way worse than others whether yeah. it's world of warcraft whether it's marvel movies whether it's wwe the smurfs i don't know like you you can find toxic fandom everywhere just and go just go run around reddit for 20 minutes you know jesus or anything. twitter or read youtube comments like right. my god there yeah there's toxic people everywhere um so it's that's not obviously limited to wrestling so i'm not just going to say it's just wrestling fans who are who are toxic and it's certainly not all of them by a long shot one of the things that i'm really proud of when i talk about this show is how overwhelmingly impressed i am with all of our listeners and everyone who who comes on our facebook discussion group and our discord and how like compared to what i see on reddit or twitter how just you know 99% of the time everyone is not toxic like we are we're genuinely talking about our our feelings and our opinions on wrestling without yelling at each other without bashing the wrestlers um without a a whole lot of that vitriol that you feel there like it's it is you know the community that's that's being built here um and and it is by design nick because you and that's something that you and i talked about that's what we wanted was to have something where um it was non-toxic where you could actually express these things and have people, even if it was a, a wild pie-in-the-sky opinion, like Nick's booking, you know, th- we wouldn't trash you for it. I might poke fun at Nick about it, but, but it's, it's all I'm not going to trash it. It's all in good fun. Yeah. You know, and, that's, and that's the environment that I want to create here because that is a far more enjoyable way to enjoy something that we all mutually love than to just sit here and bash it. Like Even when Nick and I have criticisms about the product, the different products, whether it's New Japan, whether it's WWE, whatever we have criticisms of, we try to make it criticisms where we say, like, if I just don't like it, it's just me. I don't like it. it you know. Or if it's something's bad, I try to give a reason why I think it's bad and how it could be fixed. Yep. And if I, don't think, if I don't know what that is, I'll admit I don't know what that is, that, that how it could be fixed. And it's, that's on me. So yeah, it's I definitely something that, and, and thank you for saying that, Billy. Like I, you know, I'm 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 glad it's not that way around here. Um, 
but unfortunately, like, yeah, that, that does seem to be the case. And it's something that frustrates me because I definitely have like a, I guess, a longer attention span. Like I'm, I'm starting to feel like Becky and Sasha's a little stale, but I expressed why that was earlier in the show. I feel I've still like Kofi as champ. I know, Nick, you're starting to get uh, a little long in the tooth on it, but I'm still, I'm still in on it. Um, but I can also see why some people might not because it hasn't for some of it been the most exciting run. And that's, not Kofi's fault, even though some of the blame gets put on him. It's kind of it's more actually the writing and the booking. Um, so a lot of that fickleness comes from that feeling of needing to be constantly entertained and think constantly to be escalating. Um, give me that excitement now. I want it now. So I think that might be where the fickleness comes from. It's it's what makes the Sami Zayn and um, Daniel Bryan characters particularly uh, intriguing because they are. Like we all see it, we all see that out there in this fandom, whether it's in other people or if we're introspective enough to see it in ourselves. Yeah. Um, so the fact that it it, it is, feels a little bit real in that way makes it more affecting. So uh, I was always curious how they how they were handling that so that they wouldn't turn into to go away. They weren't you know really really pissing off the fans. Um. I'm trying to wrap my head around his, all of his questions here because, as you said, some of it is rhetorical. What about what about um, the uh, the Roman stuff? What's your? Are we just gonna get because leukemia? Like, how did they turn Roman around to going getting some of the most legendary boos in WWE history well, to being cheered now? Is that just because well, of leukemia? I, it, I mean, frankly, yeah. You can't. It's really hard to boo a leukemia uh, survivor, but it's also, frankly, because. They're not booking him like Super Roman anymore. Right. They're not doing. They're not doing the things that we didn't like about him. We had a whole episode, a bonus episode for this show, where we said this is why we're frustrated with how Roman Reigns is being presented, and it's got nothing to do with Joe the Man. It has nothing to do with his talents in the ring. It has everything to do with the presentation. He's not connecting with the fans. He comes out and acts, you know, a certain way, and it's 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 creating a disconnect between him and the audience. Um, he needs to feel more like a human being and portraying him as an underdog is silly when a guy is as big and obviously strong as Roman is. whole bunch of things. They're not doing any of that anymore. Yeah. He now feels like a real guy. He comes out and is very obviously like, hey, I love you. You love me to the fans. Um, so it's not just the leukemia thing with Roman. Like There's a bunch of other reasons why people are cheering him now. And part of that is WWE is just doing a better job handling him. He doesn't have to be the main guy anymore. So, I think I think that was one of our first bonus episodes from right out a year ago. So yeah, yeah, and I, I agree with him. I, I I have a hard time hating anything that's that is this kind of obviously just meant to be for fun. Yeah, um, cynical. That just comes from years of wanting it to be better and having it not be better. <laughs> but wrestling. I still want it to be better. <laughs> yeah, you know. But luckily, that there's so much of it out there right now that if I'm not liking this one thing. I can go watch something else. Yeah. So, yeah. He great says, I, he says, I just love wrestling and have damn near, have for damn near 30 years. Keep it up, guys. You are awesome. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank you thank very you. much. And thank you for your questions there. Uh, next up, Jacob. Now, before I read this one, I kind of want to nominate it to be saved for a bonus episode because I love this question. Uh, he says, to piggyback off of the questions about if you guys were wrestlers from last week. Who would each of you like to be in a long-term feud with as singles wrestlers? And what team would you guys like to feud with if you and I were a tag team, any promotion, past or present? Midnight Express, you and me as a tag team, for sure. Okay. 
<laughs> uh, um, no, I'll start. I'll start while Nick recovers over there. Uh, <laughs> uh, as far as like, I don't have the term, time or uh-huh. energy. Anyway. Uh, sure. The, the, um, as far as the singles long-term feud, um, someone who I feel like you could go back and forth with every night and just have a different match every night and um, you could get each other over. And I think back to some of my favorite like long-term feuds in recent memories were, and I, this is, the show is kind of peppered with it today. Maybe it's on my mind. I don't know why, but Lucha Underground. Some of their long-term feuds over there were absolutely outstanding. Yeah. And, and they had really long-term storylines that went through there. Um, Phoenix and uh, Marty the Moth, Pentagon and Ricochet, Pentagon and Mil Muertes. Um, and I think about how they got each other over in there. Um, but I, I just off the top of my head, the, I mean, the first person that popped into my head was Ricochet. Because if you have any kind of talent, no matter what kind of wrestler you are, you're going to be able to have a good match with that guy. He's going to make you look good. He's going to look awesome. And it's going to be a ton of fun for the fans. I, I think it would be money off the top of my head. Um, as far as you and me is in a tag team, Nick, well, I mean, heavy machinery. All right. I don't, I don't know. I, that, that I really don't know. It would depend on what wrestlers we ended up being but i think uh, it would be i think we would be the options. faces and we would need to be we would need a heel team to to fight against heel young bucks Ooh, ooh, that's good what uh if, for me what about I, road, road dog road dog and mr ass only heels oh i like that i like that um i think i i've i've always romanticized both the rock and stone cold steve austin for their interactions and the fuse that they had with the McMahon family, right? What are you laughing at? I'm sorry. Uh, Esmeralda in the chat just said uh, oh, BWO God. versus the Forgotten Sons. <laughs> and the, B- the BWO. BWO versus the Blue World Order. That's the winner right there. BWO versus the Blue World Order. Oh, my yes, God. That's it right there. That's it right there. Done. Done. That's we're not we're not beating that. Sorry, Nick. I had to interrupt. That was Esmeralda. You just you just won the chat. Yep. Congratulations. Okay. Oh, oh, that's good. Sorry. Please continue. Ian and Nick versus the Blue Meanie and Stevie Richards. Oh awesome. my God. Awesome. That would sell out Madison Square Garden right there. <laughs> uh, I so back to what I was saying. I've always romanticized not them as individuals, but the the interactions that both The Rock and uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin had with the McMahons. And I think I have always wanted to, if I were to be in wrestling, I would always want to play that sort of the people's hero going anti-corporate. And I think I would love to be in some kind of angle with the McMahons. That would be my kind of dream feud. Uh, like that. I see. So uh, it's, yeah, I'm probably, not, I'm, I'm old and rickety at this point. I don't know that I could even wrestle. <laughs> Stone Cold Nick Charlotte, is that what you'd do? Uh, something, yeah, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Mm. Uh, tag teams, I'm with you, though. Uh, it, it'd have to be, uh, I, I, for a heel team, something like The Revival. Um, if, if we're doing something current, if we're doing something old, Heart Foundation. How can we continue after the BWO versus the BWO we, we was announced? We can't. I'm just answering the question because I, yeah, I needed to I'm give sorry. an answer. There we go. We can't. <laughs> Alexa uh, Bliss and, uh, and Nikki Cross. 
That's yeah, intergender. Ooh. All right, because yeah. we're progressive. We're both. We're, we're very progressive. progressive. Yeah, uh, I will eat that. Pen. Uh, yeah, I I would love to explore this one more. That could be a fun topic. But yeah, after the beta Blue World Order, there's I don't Just know that we can go even further. Basically, basically. Uh, create a wrestler our lives like not a, not just in 2k but like just you know, do a whole show where we just book ourselves as creator wrestlers you know what i would do i would go back and insta bury repo man so that we never had to deal listen to that again <sighs> anyway thank you very much jacob for the question there <laughs> Uh, next up, Lionel. Uh, hey, guys, how are you? My question is simple. Today, I don't recall anyone asking, but who would you guys say is the most underrated and overrated wrestlers of all time and why? Thanks, Ooh. and I want to just say this show is such good shit. Thank, Thank you. you. It is. Thank you very much, Lionel. Yes. I appreciate that, brother. Who um, would you say is the most underrated and overrated of all time? And why? I'm I'm just gonna give my personal opinions, and this is these are these are absolutely debatable, and these are absolutely personal. Yeah, but I'll give you mine. Um, I'll start with overrated, and this is gonna be controversial. Batista mm. never did it for me. I never got it. I never got why he was the top guy. Had the look, kind of just, but he was like a freaky looking. Never blew me with his wrestling, which is kind of there. I thought he I thought he got way too much accolades and I honestly like I've come around on the guy in a lot of ways and his acting career has certainly like helped me come around on him in, in, on a few things but Batista I mean and that's again that's just a personal one like you could get guys that were legitimately overrated by Vince McMahon like Lex Luger why was he pushed you know um that sort of thing like why did uh, Heidenreich get get pushed like, who knows um, but for me, yeah, Batista, as far as overrated. Who's your most overrated? Uh, I'll, I'll throw in that Jim Cornette has some choice things to say about Batista during his time, and they, they tried to push Batista to the moon uh, in the early days in OVW. And so, I mean, th- before he went over to WWE, buddy-buddy yeah. with Trips, and they strapped him immediately. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you that clip if you haven't heard it yet. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, they, Jim Cornette and company tried to push him to the moon. Uh, overrated. Um, mm. That one's well, while tough. You're th- while you're, you think about it, if you I'm, need I'm to, I can give you my underrated. You, you chew. Uh, I'll give you my underrated. Uh, and that's a, that's a long list. Underrated is tough because you've got guys like Dean Malenko who were never appreciated in their time. Um, you've got guys like... Um, uh, Shoot! I now I'm now I'm stumbling. A uh, Shelton Benjamin, Shelton Benjamin. Benjamin. I think that he could have he could have been so much more than what they gave him. Um, a big one that I don't hear about enough. Bam Bam Bigelow, one of the greatest. Him or Vader could have. Yeah. I mean, could have been yeah. uh, underrated. I think and utilized so much more. But I think my number one. I think if um, you know the first one that popped into my head when you said underrated, and this is probably just because I was thinking about him a lot in the last couple of days. William Regal. Whether it's Steven Regal or whether it's William Regal, whatever, like that, what a career that guy had, and just never was really rated high enough for what he was. Thank God he's gonna kind of getting his due now with NXT, and he's proving again why he's amazing. Um, but yeah, William Regal, really, 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 really underrated worker, talent all around. So yeah, your turn, man. I hope you thought him up. 
because you're stumped. on the spot. I'm, I'm you're still stumped. stumped. I'm trying. I'm, wow. I'm, I'm going all the way back to the mid '90s and trying to work my way forward. Uh, and I just I can't. I'm I'm struggling because I'm thinking uh, I'm I'm questioning every single one of them when I think of their names, and I'm going, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but. As far all. as like overrated or underrated? Um, for underrated, I I kind of want to throw one to Dolph Ziggler. That's where my gut's taking me. That's not yeah. All right, I, fair. I feel like. He's better than what he uh, – sure, he was world champ. Sure, he won it off of the money in the bank against from Del Rio. That's kind of it, though, right? I mean, he had the Intercontinental for a while. He had a little short tag team run. But, I mean, he's never gotten that true top-of-the-card opportunity. And I feel like he's just kind of been, you know, eh. And I think he's better than that. I think he's mm. he's got more potential than that. And I yeah. think if he were in a pro, in somewhere like NXT against guys like Gargano, guys like Cole, Velveteen Dream, uh, his size, his style, all that stuff, can you imagine what that guy could do? So yeah, I, I agree. Um, uh, that's a, that's a great that's a great underrated one. I'll, I by the way, I thought of another one that's actually for me worse than Batista okay. as far as overrated, like. I think the most overrated guy of all time, and some a guy that a lot of people still say, oh, I loved him. I loved him. Even as a kid, I hated this guy. Ultimate Warrior. Oh. I sorry. I know a lot of people are gonna be mad at me about that, but I I couldn't stand him then. I can't stand him now. Horrible human being, terrible wrestler, goofy gimmick, wildly overrated. F Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. There you go. Um, I can't think of one right now that that's overrated. All the ones that I, when I think of overrated, I think of all the guys that have gotten all kinds of accolades and which one didn't deserve it, and I'm stuck because I, I, I can't think of one that's that didn't deserve it. Hmm. That's where I'm. That's where I'm stuck. I'm trying to think back of all of the guys that have been champion. General Hall. It's not because he was overrated. It's that was for a reason. Um. So you're just you're the your problem is you're thinking about it too much. I am. I'm way overthinking. <laughs> you're overthinking it. <laughs> All right. Well, we got we got some answers for it. Yep. So I think that's I think it's fair. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you very much, Lando, for the question. Next up, Andy with Vince McMahon now keeping a closer. But I'm gonna I'm gonna be thinking about that all night. By the way, Lionel, that's just that's really gonna mess with. Post me. it in the group. Post yep. it. Post it or on Discord. I will. Uh, Andy, with Vince McMahon now keeping a closer eye on NXT, will we finally get to see consistency in the talent's gimmicks when they get called up? Also, will he adapt things that are working in NXT to the main roster? I, I think there's a fallacy in your thought there. Um, I don't know with NXT going live for two hours on its own show that the call-ups happen like they have traditionally. Yeah, I, I I agree. I agree with you, Nick. I think that we might be seeing a transition into NXT truly being considered a third brand, and much in the same way that we currently, you know, once they do the hard brand splits, um, obviously the last few months are not an example to take, but um, you know, you don't, you won't really see guys getting quote called up anymore. It'll be more of like a talent exchange, or they might go over. In which case, that might mean that we do see. Um, gimmicks start becoming consistent across all brands where you don't have someone called another brand and all of a sudden they have a huge gimmick change or all of a sudden Ciampa's a face now and he's buddies with Johnny Gargano again or whatever was happening there. Well, Ricochet has bullet things and, and uh, Alistair has creaks in his music. Well, I think that that's the one thing is that you know if, if they do go over to Raw or SmackDown where Vince does have a little bit more say, he might try to tweak aspects of the gimmick like he did with Ricochet, for example. But I have a feeling that we're going to see NXT become a little bit more insular and guys 
not leave NXT, not think of it as a call-up system. I'll take it um, one step further. At least at the top. I, at least at the top of the card. We're starting to see. There's, there's. I don't know if it's confirmed. There's rumors that Kevin Owens is going back to NXT. We're seeing a Tyler Breeze and Fandango go back to NXT. We're seeing right. people go leave the main roster and go compete in NXT. I think we're still think we're going to see 205 Live absorbed into NXT. So that entire. I think it's going to be its own thing. I, th- I don't think the traditional ways and means of developmental coming up and surprising us as entrance in the Royal Rumble and that leads. I think that stuff might might be gone. I, I, let's see what happens over the next three to six months. But yeah, I, I, it's going to be fascinating because like, is NXT now going to be uh, is and here's the other thing we don't know for sure how much Vince will be keeping an eye on NXT. He's going to have his plate quite full. Um. So we don't know if he's going to have his fingers that much more in that pie or if he's going to just trust Triple H to run it. Yeah, He might just have as much looking at it as, as he did before. The expectations might be higher, but it doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be as you know, aware of the product as perhaps maybe we think he might try to be were it one of his brands. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, that being said, I do hope that it does mean that we, have, we see more consistency in how talent are presented across all the brands. Yeah. Two weeks so we don't a- see like... Well, two weeks in a row, they've and they're in in while it's wonky too. So let's keep this. I want to throw the caveat in there. I'm waiting for the next three to four episodes where the full two hours is on USA. We've had to deal with suits for the last two weeks, uh, jumping back and forth over to the network. But they've drawn over a million viewers for two weeks in a row on their first two shows on USA. That's at least half of what's of what watches Raw and SmackDown, right? In their first two episodes. Yeah, the, the ratings were down a little bit from last week, but that's to be expected. They were tiny, at a high. Tiny, tiny, tiny so, Right, tiny dip, and it'll probably keep going back up, especially once they go to two hours consistently. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yep. All right, well, thank you very much, Andy. That was a good question. Uh, next up, Brian. Ring- oh, he's going to test us here. Ring of Honor question. <clears throat> Bring it on. Obviously, they're struggling big time and have been unbearable to watch at times. Can you name a few wrestlers from Ring of Honor that you'd love to see in WWE, NXT, or AEW, not named Marty Skrull or Jay Lethal. <laughs> and where would you love to see them go? He's thinking Vinny Marsiglia or Mo- versus Moxley, and how that could play out to be a little bit insane. What do you That'd think? That'd be fun. That'd be yep. fun. Uh, off the top of my head, Jeff Cobb to anywhere, AEW yep. or WWE. Obviously, we love we love us some Jeff Cobb, um, and uh, the Briscoes. I mean, we've seen them face Tamatonga, Tonga Loa. They've they, you know some crossover with New Japan with Ring of Honor. Right. But I would love to see the Briscoes go over to AEW and have matches with the Young Bucks, the Lucha Brothers. LAX is over there now. Like that would be private party. You got all those freaking yeah. freaking insane. If the Briscoes went to AEW, um, off the top of my head. And I mean, and PCO get PCO over in ACW, AEW too, and just let him do some death matches with the guys they have over there. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, Marty Skrull and Jay Lethal are my two, so sorry. You get <laughs> is what it is. There's not, wah, many, wah. there's not many people left besides Jeff Cobb. Sorry. Uh, thank you very much for the question, Brian. Next up, Dominic. Hey, guys, you are in charge of Raw for the upcoming draft in two weeks. Who mm. is your first pick in the actual roster to be the face of your brand? Keep up the good work, guys. Sir Ian, I'm looking forward to Horapalooza to discover some gems this year again. Oh, thank you. 
Thank you. I will. I hope I will have some for you. I have a very long list of possible movies to watch. It's going to be. It's going to be madness. <laughs> All right, Ian. You're the general manager of Raw. Oh. Who is your number one draft pick to be the face of Raw in your stint? Right now. Current, uh, current actual roster, yes. See, so here's the interesting thing, because Raw is no longer the, the flagship show. You can be a little bit more inventive with Raw. Uh, SmackDown is the one where you should put your most marketable people, your Roman Reigns, your Seth Rollins, uh, your Brock Lesnar's. Raw, you can be a little bit more adventurous, I feel. Um, and with the current... But, you know, you also look at the women's, Becky Lynch, Charlotte. Uh, right now, though... I think that some like a guy that they just have bungled and you could absolutely go the distance with this guy if you if you let him out and presented him correctly and had him doing appearances and just as far as old school spectacle um and I I I'm going to counterthink myself on this and I'm just going to say it and defend it is Braun Strowman it's a guy that I, I, I honestly think that, that this guy should be the top of their card. Um, instead of being presented as a big, dumb lunk, you know, have him be a guy who's just, he is a big, strong dude, good luck beating him kind of thing. And uh, the guy's able to speak. He's able to go out and give interviews, especially at baseball games. Um, <laughs> he's a guy that can, but he's a guy that can walk into a room and you go, oh, he's a professional wrestler. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's, He's very striking. You put him on a sports show, you put him on any kind of interview, and you go, who the hell is that? So if I were a guy who was going to start a brand, that would be, I mean, off the top of my head, I, I just, just, Roman Reigns obviously would be a good call, Seth Rollins, all of that just depends on how you, how you play them and book them. But um, I think those are obvious answers, so I just wanted to do something that was a little bit left of field, but not, not too left of field. You totally took mine. Sorry. <laughs> No, I'm not at um, all. I'm not sorry at all about that. Because actually. obvious reasons, right? I, <laughs> I would be the face uh, of my own brand. Yeah. Um, so I was I was thinking about alternatives while while you were talking there, and right now, without saying the obvious ones of a Seth Rollins or a Roman Reigns or a Becky Lynch or a Charlotte Flair, I I would probably go with a Charlotte Flair. Hmm. Um, I think I would go for a woman right now. Yeah, um, I think we're on the precipice. They've been doing great work for the last couple of years since the Evolution Revolution, uh, and I think we're kind of on the precipice of them having as much, if not more, presence and ability and ability and match quality. We're, we're close. Like there, we see some. Go back um, that four way match we saw last week on NXT. That opened the show for in it for USA. Holy shit! Lights out, great stuff. Uh, so yes, I I think I would go female first, uh, if if not Braun Strowman, because reasons. Um, I, and I would definitely go Charlotte Flair. She she's the phenom. She's the female phenom that's going to be around for the next ten years and is going to have arguably end up with more championship reigns than anybody. That by the end of it. Charlotte That's, Undertaker? What? She's the phenom? What? Anyway, no, I know what you're... I, I, I know. You know what I, I, mean. hear what you, I hear what you're saying. Feminist Nick going all in on the woman's evolution. Good yeah, stuff. I'm going to shave my head and um, dye it pink here after we're done with the show. Oh, Nick. Oh, Nick, no. Yeah, no. No. 
Come, you just undid all the goodwill you just did. You I'm just sorry. undid it all, threw it right out the window. Oh. Sorry. Sorry. <sighs> Thank you very much, Dominic. And last but certainly not least, Esme Standin Bear snuck hers in at the last minute. All right. Hello, fellas. Getting my question in real quick. This one's going to be controversial, Ian. I want you to be ready. I don't know that you oh, can God. see this one, can you? <laughs> I can't. How do you guys feel about Jim Cornette? I always uh, see him in the media. People either love him or hate him. Where do you guys stand? Uh, this is actually an easy one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is it's not controversial easy. at all. I actually I have a very clear opinion on Jim, Jim Cornette, and that is that he is one of the greatest wrestling minds to have ever lived. If you have a question about wrestling, about wrestling history specifically, that guy is a freaking encyclopedia. Like he's one of those encyclopedia series that's like, you know, every letter has its own book. He's one of those guys. He can quote you the door off the top of his head from a match in like 1938. It's absolutely insane the knowledge that guy has stored up in that crazy noggin of his. Um, and he should be respected for that, and I do. And that's why like, I'm very interested in his opinions on wrestling history. That being said, he's also a completely insane dude who has no problem absolutely ripping into anybody that he doesn't agree with, and he's a very opinionated guy. Um, I also think that some of his opinions are wildly undef indefensibly wrong. And some of those have to do with whether it's social issues or wrestling itself, like how matches should be presented in the modern era. Um, that's, yeah. There, so there's, I, I have two compartments for Jim Cornette. There's the one where I will listen to him raptly talk about wrestling history. And then as soon as he starts talking about how wrestling should be, I click off. I turn it right off. Um, the other thing I'll say about him is that he is still very much, I, I perhaps intentionally perhaps subconsciously uh, a worker he's always working and controversy is definitely part of that work yeah so i'm never entirely sure how much he's saying that's completely off the cuff and how much he's saying because he knows it will be controversial and he'll get clicks and tweets and all the rest of it so i'm mostly that's, in that's line i'm mostly in line with you um there's even a video special i forget where i saw it where he goes into his museum, his, which I think is his attic. And he has this finished bonus room, and it's wall-to-wall -wall of programs and, like you said, doors and posters and titles and uh, costumes, all of that stuff. He has it all. He's a collector. He's a historian. He knows more. He, there's more knowledge in his pinky finger than... What's the phrase? He's forgotten more than I'll ever know. Yeah. And he, he knows who the Rock and Roll much. Express are. He knows who the Rock and Roll and the Midnight Express are. Nick. Yeah. I mean, no, he that, he that should right know there. who the Midnight Express are. <laughs> At least you knew that. Yay! Um, <laughs> my, my experience, look, I, growing up in central North Carolina around Smoky Mountain Wrestling, uh, Glenn Jacobs, yes. uh, those guys, yes, we were exposed a little bit but I was too young to remember any of it. My, my mm -hmm. first memories of Jim Cornette are probably from the early 2000s. Um, you know, it, it's... 
I, I, I know of him, but I didn't really start paying real attention to him until probably the last decade. Sure. Um, and a lot of that had to do with social media and him becoming this polarizing figure out there picking fights with people online and all of the crazy videos that started showing up on YouTube. And then I put two and two together and remembered who he was when I was a kid, Smoky Mountain yep. Wrestling and all that. So, I, yeah, I'm kind of with you. He can be an absolute garbage individual sometimes and it's just a completely toxic personality. Yep. But the, the stuff that's in that dude's head... I wish we had a way to just extract it like the Matrix and store that in some kind of vault somewhere so that we had this museum of professional wrestling history. Um, yeah. I, I can't imagine. He even, oh, that video that I was watching. Last thing I'll say real quick. He's, he pulled out one thing and opened it up, and it was something from like the 1910s or 1920s. And he said he would go grab that if his house was on fire before his wife. Before he grabbed his wife, yeah. And I was just like, that's that that tells you right there in one sentence who Jim Cornette is. Yeah, he is he is the he is a mind of wrestling first. Wasn't well, like a program that was like signed by freaking everybody. Yeah, and it was it was like, like the one of the original like wrestling cards. Ever. Yeah, and it was and, signed by a bunch of the guys that were on it. It was yeah. nuts. I, mean, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, there you go. I don't know if I'm a fan of modern Jim Cornette, but. Yeah, that's really. There's aspects of him. There's aspects of him I can't. I can't help but respect. Yeah, you know. So. Yep. Exactly. Thank you very much, everybody, for getting your listener questions in this week. Uh, Thank you to all of our patrons for your patronage. Uh, it, it really does help us support the show here uh, and keep the lights on, all of that good stuff. Uh, if you want to get in on some of these questions, remember we're going to be shifting them to their own standalone show on Saturdays on Facebook, in, live in the Facebook discussion group. Uh, so once we get done recording our show for AEW, NXT, and SmackDown Live, we're going to stop the stream and then at the next hour mark switch over to Facebook Live uh, inside the Busted Wide Open group. So... Just a, just a reminder, that's going to change uh, a week from Saturday. We'll be doing that. So be sure to get your questions in. We're going to do it the exact same way. We'll be posting it on Patreon. You can submit your questions there, but we're just going to be delivering them a little bit different. Give us a little bit more time to really broaden out some of the questions a little bit. So we'll have extra time. Be sure to, we got more than seven patrons, so be sure to flood us with those questions, guys. Uh, make sure to uh, get those in every single week. Patreon.com slash BWOBD. And we're not done yet. We've got nope. just enough time for our other news lightning round. Beep, 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 beep. Uh, it's our last long show, Nick, and we're not oh. going to disappoint. We are going to go long because there's a ton of other news. Uh, Ring of Honor. We were just talking about Ring of Honor in our listener questions. Well, there's more Ring of Honor because did you know they're having a pay-per-view tomorrow? That's oh, right. God. Death, I know, more death wrestling fight. this week? Death Before Dishonor is happening tomorrow night. Uh, it's a pretty nice card, too. You've got uh, Jeff Cobb versus Brody King in a singles Ooh. match. Uh, you've got the Bouncers, which is Beer City Bruiser and Brawler uh, Milonas versus Vinny Marseglia and Silas Young in a Haas match. They're going to do it. It's a, called a barroom brawl match. So they're going to do a barroom brawl match. Cool. Fun. Let's let's see. Uh, Jay Lethal versus Jonathan Gresham. Marty Skrull versus Colt Cabana in the number one contender's tournament first round and then on the other side pco versus kenny king in the number one contenders match uh, tournament first round uh and the title picture we've got kelly klein versus angelina love for the women's title shane taylor versus flip gordon versus tracy williams in a three-way for the tv title and the briscoes versus lifeblood which is bandito and mark haskins for the tag team championships so pretty pretty nice one 
Um, that being said, there's also, uh, I feel like I'm missing a match. Matt Tavin doesn't have a match on that show. Uh, and so I'm going to have to check myself on this because I may not have put that in my notes here. But uh, I know that Matt Tavin, his contract is almost up. In fact, it's supposed to expire at uh, the end of the month. And uh, you know what that means. He said in an interview in Orlando Sentinel, he has exciting news, but he's keeping it close to the vest, and it's a life-changing decision. Uh, Nick he's transitioning uh, to a woman? No, Nick. Oh. Matt Tavin to AEW! Oh, you said life-changing decision. <laughs> Not life-changing <laughs> like that. I take everything I, literally, okay? G- Jesus, what's on your mind? No, Bruce, I'm, Bruce I'm, saying, I'm saying he might drop the title and go to uh, go to AEW. His ma- he is having a match. Excuse me, he is having a match at Death Before Dishonor against Rush. So it's a, ch- a champion match uh, against Rush. If Matt Tavin drops the title, wouldn't surprise me if he headed out of Ring of Honor uh, and headed over. As I said, I agree. To AEW, certainly um, is not resigning with a Ring of Honor. <laughs> he might no. Now here's the other side of it. He might because it is being reported by a Wrestling Observer that Ring of Honor is offering Matt Tavin and Marty Skrull, who's uh, who's up in November. They're offering them both a pretty good amount of money for for Ring of Honor money. It's which is amounts to about three times what NXT stars make. So pretty good, pretty good, pretty good for Ring of Honor money. Uh, we'll see because, you know, obviously AEW's got a little bit more money than that. Yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me if they they threw some money at least at Marty Skrull. They got that con NFL money. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so yeah, if Matt Tavin drops it to Rush at Death Before Dishonor, just saying. Uh, also, one last Ring of Honor thing. PCO is going to debut a new theme song at Death Before Dishonor, and it will be written by Jim Johnston who, of course, left WWE earlier. He's the guy responsible for the themes of Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, Mankind, um, most of like the major themes you used to hear back in the day. That's Jim Johnston. He's a, he's, a wrestling, he's a ring entrance genius. But he left WWE about a year and a half ago now, and apparently he's going to start working for Ring of Honor. And his first one is going to be for PCO, which is awesome. Uh, superstar Billy Graham. I brought him up earlier when Nick was talking trash about Kofi Kingston. Well, Billy Graham just got out of the hospital for a heart attack. Apparently, his the old ticker is not uh, doing so hot. But uh, you know, but hey, Kofi, try steroids. Uh, yeah. So he says that his his heart is constantly failing. He's got to take medication for the rest of his life for his heart. Um, I'd feel bad for him, but he's kind of a dick. Yeah. So, I never want to wish ill on somebody, but, uh, you know, just re- I'm just going to leave it at that. Superstar Billy Graham has a bum ticker and uh, just got out of the hospital for it. Battle of Los Angeles over at PWG 2019 is in the books. It is done. Your new Battle of Los Angeles champion, Bandito. Woo! Bandito, he won in a triple threat match, elimination match in the finals versus Jonathan Gresham and David Starr. David Starr was my pick, but he was the first one eliminated, and it crushed me. Uh, but Bandito is your new uh, Bola champ, so v- congratulations to him. That's awesome. Hell yes. Definitely an up-and-coming star and one of their biggest stars over there right now. Um, in the process to get to the finals, David Starr did beat current PWG champ Jeff Cobb, so perhaps 
If Cobb is uh, on his way out of PWG, David Starr might get a title shot in the future. I could see David Starr as PWG champ. I really could. Dragon Lee was also a part of BOLA, which he wasn't supposed to be. He nope. was uh, told by CMLL management to not work BOLA, but he did anyway. Naughty, naughty. <laughs> naughty, naughty, Mr. Dragon Lee. And so they took him off of all of their future shows. Um, we don't know what his status will be with CMLA, but they have benched Dragon Lee for disobeying management orders. Ouch. Um, hopefully he can still work New Japan stuff. Uh, speaking of New Japan, as I mentioned earlier, Ren Narita is heading off an excursion to uh, the Los Angeles Dojo, also heading off an excursion. Shota Umino, shooter, Moxley's little buddy. He will not be at Moxley's side when Moxley comes back, sadly, because he'll be in the UK. He's going to be having his excursion over there on the Green Isles and uh, hopefully learning some really awesome catch wrestling because I would love to see Shooter come back as an awesome catch wrestling genius. That would be fantastic. Right, right in line with what he's good at already. Yep. Um, speaking of uh, the UK, Southside Wrestling is due to be picked up by RevPro on the 28th of October, and they were going to do their last show, their farewell show on October 26th. Not to be confused well, with South Paw Wrestling. Correct. Right. Not to be confused with that at all. Uh, but apparently they were using a lot of talent that is currently signed with NXT, with, with uh, WWE in general, including people like El Ligero, D Joseph Connors, Kaylee Ray, Ilya Dragunov, Zaya Brookside, etc. WWE has just pulled all of their talent because they've got a show right around that time. So they're not able to use any of that talent, which has pretty much built their brand. So that kind of sucks. Um, and there wasn't really any recourse, although Cody did tweet back at them when they announced, that, announced all that. Cody tweeted, I, let me see if I can help. So hmm. keep an eye on that. That could be an interesting situation. Kobe, Cody talking to WWE management. Uh, Cody maybe supplying some of his own wrestlers so they can still put on a good show. Who knows? But an interesting development there. Something worth keeping an eye on. Uh, Tucker from Heavy Machinery was in San Francisco, obviously, for the show this week. Someone broke into his car and stole his ring gear. Oh, yeah. So if you if you see any of Tucker's merch or his, his ring gear up online anywhere on eBay or anything, uh, make sure you tweet at Tucker and let him know. If, if you see somebody in Union guy. Square running around in a giant singlet. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man, if you can see someone who fits into Tucker's singlet, let WWE know. They'll sign him. Right, exactly. On the spot. No problem. <laughs> uh, Lacey Evans, Lacey Evans, in what I consider one of the greatest bit of, bits of kayfabe work I've seen in a long time, she got pulled over and got pulled over, I use air quotes, pulled over in Canada for a speeding ticket and uh, filmed herself getting this ticket with this officer and just basically was in character the entire time. And it was wonderful. Yeah. That being said... Holy crap, people got worked by this thing. She actually had to explain <laughs> on Twitter. Including our listeners in the group. <laughs> Absolutely. And people were furious about this. You don't do that to a cop. She actually had to explain on Twitter, guys, it was a work. Yeah. It was all planned. The cop knew it was all fine. Um, she's like, She said in real life she would never disrespect an officer if anyone messes with the people in blue. Uh, she hopes that they get what's coming to them. Let's not forget, actually, she's a former Marine. She's, she's a former freaking Marine. She, she's not going to do that. <laughs> I, I truly actually am I'm more upset that she had to explain and apologize for this than the fact that she actually did this. People being like, oh, it's a bad example. Let me explain something to you about wrestling. She's a heel! She's a 
gosh, she's supposed to do stuff like this. You, what? What? Come on, let it happen. Let it happen. It's all. It's it's supposed to get people worked up. This is the sort of thing that she would have made so much money on as a heel back in the day. Like this yeah. would have been. Can you imagine the heat she would have gotten in Canada if they just let this sit? And had this just been like, was it, was it a worker? Wasn't it? We don't know. But if I'm Canadian, I hate that woman now. She's in a feud with Natalia. This is that's this is that was a great way to get heat. No harm, no foul. She's a bad guy, being bad to cops. It's not a bad example. She's a bad guy. She's playing the character. Oh, sorry. <sighs> Woo saw Nick. You know where I'm going with this. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, also, the cop apparently was Natalia's cousin. If that didn't point out there was a work, <laughs> come on. Come on. Yeah, I, uh, as, as and, we in the chat said it best, she should not have apologized. But I get no! it's 2019. People take things too seriously. <laughs> yeah, let it chill out, everybody. The, the same people yeah. probably thought that cop really rolled up our truth for the 24-7 title, too. So, <laughs> Come on, guys. Yeah, no one complained when that happened. Right, exactly. Uh, uh, that being that said, that cop assaulted a, a, a black man. You know, nobody, <laughs> nobody, we, nobody lost their mind was, over that. It was, it would, no, 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 no. The cop was African American as well. It was fine. Okay, fine. That's fine. I, that, honestly, that makes I, it I, all I right. That, I guess I saw that and I was like, <laughs> I wonder what that was done to be PC. <laughs> just thought it was. It, it was definitely like something. Where I was like, "Oh God, oh no!" Yeah, Archie's it's just that's, that's There's so many ice. ways to go wrong. And <laughs> I, oh, be delicate, WWE. Um, <laughs> Jose Canseco, not a name you were expecting to hear on this show, but uh, former former Basham brother in uh, in in professional baseball. Uh, Your hometown of Oakland Athletics? Grew up, grew up with him winning titles on the Oakland A's alongside uh, future asterisk holder Mark McGuire. Uh, <laughs> well said. Juicing themselves to the gills. Uh, he's going to make his pro wrestling debut. Oh, um, he, he more known these days as just being an outspoken douchebag. Jose Canseco will be making his debut on November 3rd for World Class Revolution Pro Wrestling. Uh a, a, a promotion that sounds like it just basically went into the grab bag of promotion names and pulled out about five and just jumbled them together. Yeah. So he's going to, yeah, if you really want to see Jose Canseco wrestle, you can check him out there. And finally, I'm yo. Scared. I'm scared of this one. Yo of show and yo. I've been waiting for this. Waiting for this all show. Uh, yo <laughs> I see what of you did show there. and yo from Rapongi 3K uh, was <sighs> discussing in a, an interview on newjapan.com uh, his art, uh, and I use that term lightly, apparently Yo is a fan of toilet art, meaning that he makes art having to do with and having the images of toilets, including recreating toilets and making modern art with like toilet prints and you know the impression of poop, but he makes the poop with coffee grounds so that you it smells nice. He wants to change the the opinion people have of restrooms being un, unclean places. I'm not making any of this up. This is all in the interview. Um, a quote from that interview. He says, truth is, I've always liked poo. My mom came to my Utenji exhibit and said, you've always been interested in shit. And she was right. <sighs> there's, so, there's, there's one thing I want to say about this. There's really this. no way I can finish this bit, Nick, other than to say that's some good shit. I've got a different way I can say it. Please. Hi! 
There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, that's been our show this week. Next week, everything <laughs> changes. Everything's going to be insane. We're going to two shows a week. We will be live on Tuesday and live again on Saturday, and we'll be doing so much more content. Thank you guys all for hanging with us. It's going to be a lot of fun as we move forward, Nick. Whoa, what a show. Uh, Butters in the, in the chat said, yo, MTV craps. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thank you very much for hanging with us. As always, you can come find us in on Facebook in the Busted Wide Open Discussion Group. Also, find a link in there to our Discord server to get access to all of the live chats for all of the weekly shows. We're going to be having a new one. Uh, we've got a whole channel dedicated to AEW as well, so we'll have live chats for the AEW Weekly Show starting on Wednesday. Uh, our next show next week will be Tuesday, October 1st. We'll be covering Monday Night Raw and any happenings over the course of the weekend. Uh, and then we'll be having the Saturday show covering AEW, NXT, uh, SmackDown Live, and then listener questions as well. You can follow on us on... Fifth. Yeah, on, on the 5th. On, one, two, three, four, fifth. On the you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast right here on YouTube, youtube.com slash open. If you want to be subscribed to anything, I promise you it's that. Make sure you also hit that notification bell so you can get alerts anytime I schedule new events or we go live. Sometimes we might do it ad hoc. Sometimes we might schedule it. Sometimes we might just put up videos. You never know. Lots of good changes coming very, very soon. And last but certainly not least, thank you very much to all of our patrons. Patreon.com slash BWO. If you want to get access to some bonus episodes, which patrons, we got a new one coming to you this weekend. Stay tuned for that for your September episode. Uh, bonus episodes, listener questions that you can ask so that we can answer them in our special new show on Saturdays to get that up. Uh, merchandise, Skype calls, all kinds of good stuff available across a bunch of different tiers. Patreon.com slash BWO. And last, I want to throw a little bit of a shout-out again to our August winner of our BWO monthly merch giveaway. Jared McDonald helps us out in the chat all the time. And we are just about to the end of September. Will we, be, we will be doing another drawing for our monthly merch giveaway. Some T-shirts, some uh, cups, stickers, all kinds of good stuff. We're going to switch that stuff up. Uh, and we should have the new logo available on shirts here within the next week or so. So stay tuned we, for that. Do we have uh, BWO briefs yet? Or like like man trunks? No, T uh, no. Public won't let me make um, uh, Garza shorts, unfortunately. Oh man, dang it! Yeah, maybe we I'm can find something that. special for that. But make sure you it's, have. It's just a question of if I look better or worse than Alexander Wolf in tiny black trunks. That's oh. the only question I have. Yeah, Fabian Eichner is getting jacked. By the way, just throwing that out there. I Eichner and Barthel, they're oh. both jacked, and then and then it looking like uh, Alexander Wolf just eating too many latkes. Yeah. To be in those trunks. Anyway. Make sure you have all of your entries into the monthly giveaway. All you have to do is verify that you're following us across a bunch of different stuff. It's very, very easy to do. It takes you about 60 seconds. And you're it's easy to do because you're following us on everything anyway. Uh, but you want to make sure you're also following our Twitch channel, which you can find in there because, I don't know, about a month? What do we got here? About a month now? What's coming out in a month? You might be able to find some new fun content that I'm going to be creating over on our Twitch channel live streams. So be ready for that stuff. As I said, chaos is about to ensue. The wrestling world's getting turned on its head. We're going to have new shows. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Mass hysteria. Oh, my goodness. 
Guys, that's it for our show this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Shout out to everybody in the chat. Make sure you pound that like button for us and you're subscribed to the channel here. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Surrey and Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Surrey and Dangerous. But by God, somebody stop the damn match. This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.